Tiger Revenge, brought to you by Warning, you are now entering the Blue Tiger 10, the intellectual dark web of comic book podcasting. Revenge is upon you. Hit the music. Oh, we're back. That's right. You know, just hitting it out of the ballpark day after day. Just wow. Yeah, that's right, folks. The Revenge Crew. We're here. We're here to stay for another episode of Blue Tiger Revenge Podcast. I am comic book creator, dancer in the dark, fighter of moose, runner of mountains, Ted Galusha, and with me. You know him. You love him. He's the heart and soul of this entire operation, the grandstander, the the traverser of continents, if you will. You went to D because he went to DC. Everybody over the week, mm-hmm. uh, uh, master presenter. You didn't know where I was going with that one. <laughs> King of Beards, the one, the only, Big Brian Bales. How's it going, Big Brian? Uh, well, it's it's going okay, you know. I uh, I recently was uh, diagnosed with three months to live, so uh, I killed fifteen people, and the judge sentenced me to uh, one hundred and thirty years. So Harvard called, obviously. Wow, wow, we're uh, <laughs> we're getting. <laughs> Shout out to uh, Mike O'Tren out there on Instagram, <laughs> keeping the O'Hearn uh, memes alive. Mm-hmm. We. We love it. As we long as it. I'm, as long as I'm breathing, I'll keep it going. Uh, that's right. That's right. So uh, let me ask you this. Yeah. How's the jet lag? Because you're back. You were in DC all week. Yep. Rocking, rolling. Yep. Yep. You know, laying it down in the nation's capital. I was. The only, How was it? The, it was good. It was good. It was. Uh, jet lag is good now. Um. Yeah, I had a I had a good trip, man. I got to uh I got to go to let's see, three I went to three different museums, which were great. I went to the uh well, as you know, I went to the Museum of Natural History. Uh oh, we gotta talk about that before you get any of those because uh, okay. Okay. I, I gotta say, you told me ahead of time you said, Hey, I'm gonna take my copy of Cretaceous. I'm gonna get a picture in front of one of the cool skeletons. I was like, "Oh, that'll be great. We'll throw it up on social media." Yep. Which we did. Wow! Wowie wow! Wowie wow! The response, uh, tiger cubs came out of the woodwork to support everything. Even people I didn't know, people I'd never even heard of. Mm-hmm. Apparently, uh, Cretaceous Two is definitely uh, wanted, warranted, needed. Yeah, needed. <laughs> yeah, I agree. So that was that was really cool. Seeing the fossils was probably of the three museums I went to. I don't know if the Natural History Museum was my favorite of the three I went to, but the fossils was definitely my favorite exhibit that I saw. If that makes sense, I think. Yeah, I think Aaron Space was my favorite out of out of all of them. 
Um, okay. As a, I'm, a, I'm I've gone down that like old man rabbit hole yeah, yeah. of being into, you know, aviation history of the yeah, Cold yeah. War. Did you see anything fucking badass like a SR seventy one or anything like that? They didn't know. So um, apparently, there's another uh, air and space museum too that's at the the Dulles Airport or kind mm. of in that area, and they've got like um, like a bunch of the like huge planes there. Uh, so okay. I was just at the downtown air and space. So I saw um, we did see some planes there. Uh, the coolest one though was um, the exhibit about the moon landing, all the all the different moon landings. Oh. So they actually had one of the uh, they had a bunch of stuff that were actually from the moon landing. Um, so like the Mercury capsules. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow, they had a bunch of those. One of them, I, I don't remember from which uh, which ship it was, but one of the capsules you could see like the burn marks from the atmosphere on it. That was really cool. Whoa. Um, that's that is cool yeah uh they had they had the actual uh uh first airplane from the wright brothers there uh, oh whoa that's crazy so that was cool that was let really me ask cool you was it was it as because it always looks big in the film was it i, I always but then when you see stuff like from like, history it's always amazingly small you know what i mean big, it's it's pretty good size i wouldn't say it's like it's not huge but it's yeah, it's it's not small. So did you do like a tour, or did you just go and just wander? No, we just went in and wandered. Um, yeah, and then we and then we hit the American History Museum, which was really cool. Um, seeing like some of the coolest stuff were like the ad campaigns. So they had like a bunch of the uh, World War II uh, like um, posters. Yeah, Those, yeah, like the propaganda. Yeah, stuff. The propaganda stuff was really cool. Um, they had like a like a flamethrower from World War II on display, mm-hmm. which was really rad. Uh, and then like seeing like all of the revolutionary uh, outfits and realizing yeah. how fucking small those dudes were. Like, <laughs> dude, if you walked up during that time period, which let's think, if you think about it, it's not that long ago. No, I'd, like, I'd be considered a fucking giant, dude. Like, yeah, they would be like, listen, I would be like, listen, Bri, we're gonna tour the country. We're gonna put you in a tent. We're gonna the the, the Mongolian giant or something yeah, yeah. like that, and then we're gonna just cash in. Yeah, just cash cow. I, and you know what? And I'd then, be all right with it. Yeah. Then three years later, we do the same route. We put you in like a big hairy costume mm-hmm. and say that you like the the Yeti of you know wherever, mm-hmm. and uh, do the same thing. Just money, money, money. We just rake it in, man. Break it in. I might. We might get burned at the stake, though. That was, you know. You kinda, that did happen. You get ran out of town once in a while. Yeah, like every, the, yeah. every once in a while we get we get run out of town with pitchforks, but uh, you know, could be worth it. Could be worth yeah. it. So that yeah, that was really cool. And then um, what else did we see? That was cool. The pot they had like a really cool pop culture exhibit uh, there too. Uh, so I saw the actual costumes of uh, C three PO R two D two from Return of the Jedi. They have the uh, you know Dorothy's ruby red slippers from um wizard of oz a bunch of other costumes and props like they had prince's yellow guitar which was pretty cool and a bunch of his outfits oh. it was cool wow did they have when i was there i remember they had i mean i was i was there year decades ago yeah uh and i was in the american history museum mm-hmm. and i remember uh one of the big things they had like lincoln's like top hat or one of his top hats and stuff like that they have all that stuff i think so 
I think they did. I can't. I'm trying to. I, dude, I saw so much stuff there. The coolest thing that I that that was there though in that museum was they had in the war area. They had the uh, the Philadelphia restoration project. So the Philadelphia was uh, a sh- um, a ship from the Revolutionary War that they pulled it oh. pulled it out of the water and are you know are restoring it. But they used it to keep the British from landing on the shores. So that was wow. cool. they had the whole thing in its entirety. That thing is small. Oh yeah, yeah. But it uh, was cool. You ever, have you ever been out to like Virginia, like Williamsburg, mm-hmm. any of those places? Mm-hmm. Uh, I got to go. Like they had like a, it's like a rebuilt of Jamestown. Oh yeah. And they yeah. had one of the the boats moored. I remember. And like even as a kid, I remember going like, dude, grown men were on this. Like yeah. this, <laughs> like, it was so small. Like it was terrifying. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Yeah. So that was that was really cool, and then the the conference itself was good. Uh, you know, crushed crushed my presentation. So you know, you had them talking about it for days in a good way. So it was good. It went really good. Yeah, you don't want them talking about it in another the other light. Like, man, did you see that guy? No, I probably wow. had I had multiple people come up to me afterwards wanting me to bring me wanting to bring me to their organizations to do the same thing for them. So, oh, that's cool, man. That was cool. Whether it happens or not, we'll we'll see. But uh, you know, so let me ask you this: this is a comic book podcast. Any comics in DC, or uh, I, was that not in the future? No, I just I didn't have the I I really didn't have the time between the conference and the networking and stuff, and uh, just the one that I sure. went to. I went to one last year when I was there, and I wasn't super. It was okay, and. Um, I remember you saying it was underwhelming. Yeah. And all of the big ones were kind of pretty far away from where I was staying at. So it would have been really expensive to get to. And that was a, not a cheap trip. So. Oh, I bet. Did you, uh, did you go and hit up like Lincoln Memorial or any of that kind of stuff? Not, not this trip. Um, but I feel like I'll probably be back there again next year. I went, I did Lincoln Memorial last year in the, in the Vietnam wall last year. Um, I did have one of the uh, somebody that's kind of higher up in the organization. Uh, I, I I went and hung out with uh, that group for a little while, and uh, yeah. they took me on a little mini tour around <laughs> around and were showing me showing me stuff oh, cool. in the car. So that was kind of that was kind of cool. Um, yeah, God, I I need to get out to DC. I haven't been there in probably since like the mid early nineties. Yeah. The last time I was out there, yeah, they had uh, actual they had um, uh, beams from the World Trade Center in the oh, American yeah. History Museum. That was pretty wild to see. You know, they actually have one of the beams in uh, at the fire station in my hometown, Arlington, Washington. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. They drove my buddy Kirk drove all the way. We've talked about old old Mister Warhammer. Yeah, yeah, before. trail boss. Uh, yeah, trail boss, him and a bunch of uh, other, a, f- a few other firefighters, they drove all the way out to New York, picked the beam up, and then drove it back wow. to the station. Yeah, it was pretty, pretty cool, pretty neat. Uh, I think it's like they've got a little like display oh, outside. Oh, sure, like, yeah. yeah, it's pretty neat. Um, that's cool though, man. That's really cool. Um, well, we've got a pretty, uh, pretty fun episode today. Yeah, we do. Uh, you know. It's going to be a good time, I think. I'm, I'm, looking, time. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it, yeah. You're just looking forward to busting my chops. That's I mean, well, it's going to happen. Get ready, It's, it's going to happen. And then, you start, know, I have questions. I have questions for the marketing department. So, 
I mean, at this point, I don't know if they can be trusted. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so uh, yeah, we've got uh, the main man from Warden, Warden Comics coming back on here in, yeah. in a hot sec. But let me ask you this. What's new in the uh, the pop culture uh, forest? I've been kind of on lockdown, so I haven't really. The only thing for me that I've taken in is over the weekend. Yeah, on Prime, they added a bunch of old school TV shows, and for the first time ever, Northern Exposure, one of the greatest TV shows, yeah, ever yeah. produced, finally is streaming on a platform, or they got loaded up on Prime. And so uh, that has been my evening background noise for. Uh, and you know what, dude? It's crazy how relevant because they they subtly tackle a lot of issues like LGBTQ stuff, um, mm-hmm. just socioeconomic things, and it's interesting how a lot of these topics that they the stories that they weave are very very relevant in today's discussion. Like, I guess the you know the social spectrum, yeah, uh, is kind of interesting. Yeah, yeah. But but what about you, man? Uh, so pop culture. Uh, so they just announced today, actually. Uh, so this will be old news by the time by the time the episode comes out. But uh, they just announced that Australian actress Millie Alcock, I think that's how you say her last name. She was the young Targaryen in House of the Dragon, the young blonde. Oh, uh, yeah. She is now uh, the new Supergirl for the new DC universe for James Gunn. They just they just announced her casting today, so she's going to be in the new Superman movie. It's interesting that they're taking that approach where they're not waiting till the trailers drop there to like surprise everybody, they, like who's they, playing who. They have to. They they it really they, think so. They have to. They have to get the buzz at this point. I mean, you yeah. know, I mean, everyone, you know me, like I'm always hoping, but every DC movie and has just let me down. So yeah, it's like, they, oh, they have get you to, to build, invest. you have to build that excitement. Otherwise no one's going to care. Yeah. And at this point I'm get- like, it's fine. Cool. Like, let me see a trailer. Let me see a costume. Let me see any of these things. Like before I get excited, if that makes like none of, none of the casting that I've seen so far have like blown me away, I guess. I, I just think it's interesting that, it's like, hey, we're gonna market the face of the character, mm-hmm. not so much the vehicle that the characters. I mean, obviously that's coming, yeah. But it's more of like, I, I think it, it might be a good play. It'd be like, yeah, hey, yeah. this this is the new this is the new face. This is the new Superman for the next decade. Yeah, like this. Get used to this face. Like yeah. this is our guy. Yeah, and I, I think it's it's an interesting move, and maybe like that's a smart move rather than just like trailer drops and then big reveal. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so and, so is playing. And they're so they're and doing so. that uh that uh I think she's gonna show up in the new Superman movie, but then they're also doing uh Supergirl Woman of Tomorrow, the Tom King Bilquis I don't know how to say oh. Everly L V is that Yeah, I think as they say Yeah, yeah. Her their graphic novel, they're doing that they're adapting that into a movie, which was great. That that graphic novel was great. Yeah. Um yeah, speaking of uh faces did you see who might come back for the deadpool 3 movie oh was, uh, you know me i don't get excited yeah yeah there's a uh, rumor that uh kelly hugh might come back as lady deathstrike which i was like she looks exactly the same 20 years yeah, later i'd be down for that i'm down for that uh, i think that'd be awesome 
Dude, that'd be especially so if it's bad. like if they do the X twenty three fight with her, that would be because there's rumors that Laura Kinney is going to be in it too. So, um, yeah, we'll see. I, I would, I would, hundred percent be down for that. I think that would be so rad, so rad. I, I always felt like Lady Deathstrike, especially in the film. I felt she was one of the first villains that really transcended like the comic, where she made the character cooler in the movie than she did in the comics. Yeah, and. And like, and then it was just like it was one and done, done with her. They never brought her back. They never did anything with her. And I always felt like it was ah, they should have left it open ended. Yeah. Um, yeah. And if you ever watch the X two deleted scenes, most of it is the fight between Hugh Jackman and Kelly Hugh, uh, like oh, Wolverine cool. and Lady Deathstrike. Yeah, it was like supposed to be like almost three times as long. Um, I remember what we bought the DVD set years and yeah, years yeah. ago and that was in the deleted scene. We're like, well, let's watch it. And it was like, why did they delete this? Would have added like three extra minutes, four extra minutes. And it was great. Yeah. You know what I mean? It was fucking great. Always, but they, yeah. Those, that always, you, you always wonder, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, like why are we cutting the fight scene, but we'll have like a long pause on some character just sitting there staring into nothingness. Yeah. And it's like, it's yeah. With yeah. a slow pan in or something. Yeah. Like, Come on. I would Come say the, the the next piece, the last piece I'll I'll say before we uh before we bring our guest in, uh mm-hmm. is you know, upon the the massive success, and it, it it has been very successful of the beekeeper. That that movie has mm. been very successful both critically and box in and in the box office. Uh yeah. it's it's fucking great. And uh so David Ayer is doing another project with Jason Statham from a script by Stallone. It's called Levin's uh, Levin's Trade. So I don't know if Stallone's in it, but it's written by him. It's written by him. I, he might this be what, at some point. But. This is what I'm going to say. Just flip the coin. That's what you're going to get. Yeah, yeah, heads, yeah. it's good. Tails, it's garbage. <laughs> it, you know, yeah. I Heads, it's good. Tails, it's garbage. But no, no matter what, like... Uh, the one thing I always appreciate about Statham is like he he goes he goes out like he he yeah. he puts on he's always going to put on a show for people so yeah I never good or bad watch I never watch a Statham movie and go like oh Statham phoned it in no. he's always like he always delivers the character that he's playing even if the it just seems like he's that he's like one of those actors where it's like does great comedy drama whatever yep but. It's just sometimes the vehicle he's in is like, okay, that that was a miss, but we tried. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, like like Meg too. Terrible, terrible fucking oh, movie. It was, it was it was awful. Yeah. Yeah, but like he was he was fine. Like it was exactly what I expected. He played, you know, Jonas great. Yep. You know, like yep. it's just the movie was dog shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, Mr. Statham. Sorry, Mr. Statham. Stuff like that very often. No. Like, it was so bad. No. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, all right. Well, I think it's time to uh, bring our guest in. What do you say we uh, go and get him? Check one, two. Tiger milk. All right. And we're back with a good, good friend of mine, a good friend of yours. You know him. He's been here before. This guy puts out books faster than anybody else I know in the indie independent comic book world. Yep. Uh, yeah, just cranking him out, cranking him out. That's right. He's the 
the founder, publisher, editor in chief of Warden Comics, Ludi Sexton. How's it going, Ludi? Going great. Happy to be back. Yeah, I know you got a new uh, you got a new Kickstarter coming out here. Uh, it's launching here in a couple days. I saw the I saw the YouTube video and. Uh, Wait, wait, correction. When this comes out, it'll be launched. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, so it's, correct. It's live now, go. folks. It's live now. You better check it out. Right. Uh, but the YouTube video shows uh, Comic Superstar. Uh, I'm wondering, did you guys get Frank Miller? G- yeah. I Jim actually, Lee? Uh, uh, so Jim Lee was my number one pick. Klaus Jansen? Uh, Miller was like my second or third. Mm, mm. Uh I'm yeah, just, it, I had to go pretty far down the list uh, before I got somebody that would agree to it. So. Okay, okay. I just, I was just curious. I saw super. I was like, oh, Jim Lee. He got Jim Lee. Nope, nope. I hate, you. I hate you, Brian. <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> you suck. <laughs> you know what's funny? I showed that to my wife. She was watching it. She's watching like, oh, okay, this is cool octopus. This looks great. And then she said, superstar, and started laughing in my face. And I looked at her and went, that this this is benefits you. And she was like, mm, no, you're no superstar. And then she tried to backpedal. She tried to backpedal because you know, just the rawness of of the laughter was so hurtful to my feelings. So disrespectful, but I just want you to know I'm not going to backpedal. I appreciate, I appreciate the uh, the love. <laughs> I think I saw the video and I called him. I'm like, comic superstar, huh? <laughs> God damn it! I think it's great. <laughs> no, it, it is it, cool. You know, I believe it. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Know it's nice finally having an ally on this podcast okay. over here, just just surviving. <laughs> <laughs> okay all right so let's get, let's now we're already talking about it so yeah let's, let's get uh, into let's get it because this was a really i thought when you told us you kind of hinted at this the mm-hmm. last time you were on and i told you right away i was like oh man whatever you need let me know like uh this project sounds amazing um and uh, so I, what's up so that'll teach you to offer your services that's right <laughs> and uh and Anyways, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah. So you decided that you're, you know, you guys, you had a few things you had to get get out to the public first, but then, uh, you know, you uh, you started doing this anthology, mm-hmm. and uh, I don't know, like I guess just break it down. Like how did how did the whole thing kind of start? How did it come together? What was the kind of idea behind it? You know, because anthologies are always, I think, really interesting. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so. After Monstrosities, which was our last anthology, I was like, well, I could do another horror anthology or uh, another themed anthology of something. And I was like, well, what could I do another anthology about that people would actually want to read? And then I realized, like, what would I want to read? So I chose my favorite animal, which is an octopus. And I was like, who doesn't love, like, krakens and, you know, giant octopus and everything else? Uh, So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to do an anthology for me and yeah, make it about what I want to make it about. And thankfully there's a lot of other people who are really into drawing octopuses and uh, <laughs> Hell yeah. everything else. So yeah, it's, it's going great. Uh, we had uh, over 300 submissions to the book. Wow. And it just, 
uh, like our last anthology, I've been really lucky. They've just kind of snowballed uh, into something that was way bigger than I initially planned. So, yeah, three yeah, was- three hundred submissions. So, so how you narrowed it down to how many are in the uh, are in the book? So currently, there's nineteen, but there is a twentieth that is a stretch goal uh, to be included. So, wow, yeah. how hopefully we get. Cool. How was that? How was that like narrowing narrowing down, going from three hundred to almost tw- to hopefully twenty, Ni- definitely nineteen, hopefully twenty. So initially, uh, we got over a uh, little bit over three hundred submissions, and the book was going to include three hundred stories. Thankfully, uh, I got talked out of that uh, because I can't <laughs> afford that. That's that's crazy. <laughs> uh, nobody wants to read a a three thousand page book full of uh of stories so um i brought on some some friends and uh my, my wife was a great sounding board too mm-hmm. i went through them and and chose the best mixture the best kind of art styles uh actually i asked had to look through them a lot too uh, yeah we, we, had some- we had some fun conversations just kind of seeing because like some of the some of the yeah. entries were like people's portfolios they weren't all like necessarily octopus stuff. And that was kind of interesting to see like, okay, how do we think this person is going to do? Yeah. I'll, I'll let Tad talk about it, but there was actually, he had a phenomenal idea about uh, going to his, his alma mater uh, oh. to reach out for stories. So yeah, it was it actually turned out super great for us. So cool. Yeah. Yeah. We reached out to the Cuber school and, um, it was pretty interesting because I, you know, what's funny is one of the instructors there uh, actually wrote one of the stories for the anthology. Uh, oh, nice. Craiger. Yeah. Shout out to him. Uh, he is a pretty amazing human being, but uh, yeah, they have a really interesting thing at the Kubert school. And I imagine most colleges have this, but you know, like basically where if for graduates uh, or people who are about to leave the program, they have it where, you know, it's like a job placement program so that, um, you know, and that's, I think moving forward to like the more I kept thinking is like, Oh, that might be a good idea is like reaching out to some of these places like SVA and the Kubert school and, you know, SCAD and seeing if there's people. Cause a lot of times, you know, a lot of these students, they're just, they're looking for something to just get a foothold, you know, like something to go like, look, I'm published. Look, look what I can do. You know what I mean? Yeah. I can, I can hit a deadline, you know, that sort of thing. Um, I don't know. How did you, how did you like that process? Ludi? I mean, like, I mean, I, it sounds like it was great, but there had to have been some challenges to it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, like you said, there was a lot of submissions that were just, you know, portfolios and everything, but getting to be a part of the process, especially with the, uh, the school and seeing how, you know, artists that are just coming out of school and trying to learn how to break into the business, talk to an independent publisher and everything else. Uh, it kind of grew into more than just an anthology for me. Yeah. I'm always eager to learn more about, you know, putting comics together, being a publisher, being an editor. And I think that was a huge uh, growing process for me as well is to deal with them and see how, you know, artists are trying to come into this thing and being able to connect them to other independent artists, some that are more established uh, that are on the book and uh, some other ones that may have not had those opportunities to go to those schools and just create kind of a, a community with the book. That's why I love doing anthologies. So. Yeah. And I, I think, uh, cause you sent me some of the, a lot of the finished stories and 
I think the part that I like the most is just there's such variety in styles. Like you just, every story you have, you can't predict really like what, just as a reader, like what you're going to see, you know, you read one story and then when you get onto the next one, it's like, you know, it'll be like American anime and then jump into like very gothic toned, like heavy black, blacks and shadows and stuff like that. Yeah, absolutely. Pretty interesting. Like, um, and then that's kind of the beauty of an anthology, right? Um, so you so Kickstarter, well, right now it's, it's, it's going it's, it's live going right now. Yeah. Going right now. Um, what are some of the plans for the book uh, once it's, you know, printed up and it's been, uh, you know, sent off to all the backers? Uh, are you going to enter it in any of these kind of like, um, you know, they've got like the Ringos and things like that, or you're going to take this to any festivals and have it sh- try and showcase it? I would absolutely love to do it, all of that. Mm-hmm. Uh Obviously, you know, on top of Comic Cons and everything else, I, I really want to start leaning forward into, you know, some of those contests, uh, competitions, try to get my name out there a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. That's yeah. cool. Yeah, there's some really good ones. Um, oh, what's it called? There's, uh, there's the, there's one out in like Baltimore, or maybe, yeah, I think it's Baltimore that, uh, it's all just for independent comics. Um, I'm blanking on the name, but I, I'll figure it out here. I'll remember it. Yeah. yeah. So some something that you said kind of uh struck with me a little bit when you were talking about like um you know curating this putting this together being able to like um you know make connections and and like bring bring artists together um you know maybe more established ones with less established ones I'd love to like if you break that down a little bit more and kind of like any any sort of story or anything like that that's stuck out to you uh in that process yeah absolutely uh it'd be all the stories uh but coming from starting as a writer on comics uh and and just working my way up through it and trying to figure it all out Mm -hmm. uh, as a as a creator as a comic creator uh i personally know that i get stuck in these ruts where i want the comic to look a certain way i want it to read a certain way and as i've stepped back out into more of a, a publisher and editor working with now writers and artists and inkers and everything else and letters, all that stuff. I realized that the vision that you have for a comic is not necessarily the only way to envision that comic. Yeah. And what other creators are doing absolutely surprise you. And that's what I love about uh, these anthologies that I'm doing. That's why I love doing them is, you know, I may look at a story and think like, hey, yeah, you know, I wouldn't do the art that way. But someone else may read it and be like, that's the only way to do that art. That's amazing. Uh, and then having one of these stories, you know, uh, we'll take for instance, the, there's a story called uh, Hachi, uh, Hachi, right? It's by uh, Andrew O'Brien and Aaron Minster. They're pretty established artists in their own right. They uh, did not go to the Cuber School or anything like that. But showing that work to someone like, Jordan Wolfgang, who's the artist, writer and artist for Chop of Ink, which is a story in the anthology, and just having them go back and forth and be like, oh my god, I, I didn't think to do this, mm-hmm. or hey, hey, your story is awesome, have you thought about adding this part into it, or anything else, and you just see all these artists, and that's multiplied by 19 stories uh, with artists and writers, letters, inkers, mm-hmm. uh, or that I do with Superstar Tad. artists. There's a, yeah, the 
the story that I did with Superstar Artist Tag Lucia uh, <laughs> called Rage uh, is actually I hired a poet, a college poetry professor, to write a poem. I, based I gotta th- on, thank you yeah. for that too. I, I just I, I interrupted you, but I just, I have to thank you for that because that was such a unique uh, and interesting. Like I've never gotten to illustrate a poem before. Like it was just is so far outside of what I normally do that uh, it was just oh man it was such a great experience. What did that really script was. look like if it's a if it's from a poem? So I'd be curious. Like what is what does a comic script of a poem look like? Like so I, I, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. you go wrote ahead. it. No, 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 you wrote it, man. You wrote it. I I just wrote a comic book script and uh, I was coming off of I just read Cretaceous. That, this is after Tadig had agreed to do the story. So I was freaking out. I was like, well, crap, how do I do a story that Tad's going to like? So I reread Cretaceous. I read you know, in the woods and everything else. And on Cretaceous, like, I could just do a story that doesn't have words. It's just story. The art sells itself because you know, Tad's good at doing that. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, well, it's not really animals or dinosaurs speaking. It would be maybe a poem overlaid on that. And I tried it out myself and realized I suck at poetry. So <laughs> I, I had a wild hair uh, one day and reach out to a university and see if, you know, poetry professor would like to do something. And thankfully a uh, woman by the name of Grace Crocker, uh, did it knocked it out of the park, sent it to Tad and, and Tad illustrated it up. So, yeah, and I, I liked it the way you wrote the script because you had each page, you had some very some very specific details that you wanted to be in there, but then you left certain things open where you're like, is you know as long as it plays true to kind of the poem and like follows within the guidelines, so it was one of those where like it wasn't. Uh, because sometimes you get scripts, right? And it's very specific of what the person wants. You left it very open, like a lot of the actions. And I, I'm the type of artist where I like that. I know other guys who like every, you know, they want everything like, okay, how many, how many cups are on the table? Mm-hmm. Um, I like it. I like having like some room to play and you left it very open. And it was kind of nice where um, you also, there was just a nice, like the poem was like nicely written out. And like the way you structured it out over the pages. So I could kind of gauge of like, uh, you know, like how, the, how the whole story as, as, as a, was going to flow over the, what was it like eight pages or something like that? I think it was eight pages. Yeah. Um, it's eight. Yeah. Yeah. You, yeah. You structured it really, really well. Like, I think I even probably met, I think I messaged you saying like, no, this is, this is, it was one of the better scripts that I've worked on in a very long time. Like I was really, it, really fortunate and thankful to be able to work on it, man. I, um, you're, you're, you're complimenting me and you keep like thanking <laughs> me for it, but like, no, nah, I was not, it, I, again, like I'm a big, um, advocate for like, uh, stepping, like, I think if you're going to collaborate with people, you have to just step back and let those people do what they do best. Yeah. And I think where, what happens is like you were saying, like you have, you know, sometimes you get like a, a very, like, oh, it has to be the certain way. But then you realize, like, oh, there's other ways of doing it. And sometimes you just have to, I guess, as the kids say nowadays, let them cook. Oh, yeah. <laughs> let them cook. <laughs> let them cook, you know? 
Uh, yeah, and I, you're, that was what the thing I was the most impressed with is you just let me cook. And, you know, a lot, I, a lot of times I've, I've worked with younger writers who don't, you know, they're very like, yes, be this, 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 and this. And, oh, yeah. Um, yeah. And, and no, it was very, um, yeah, it was very impressive, man. Very impressive. Yeah. yeah I've, I've been, as I've moved back uh, towards the more publisher and editor role, I've been really fortunate to work with a lot of writers and artists. Uh, primarily, you know, Colleen Palmer, who you've yeah. had on the show. I'm I'm waiting for the book, man. For. I'm waiting for I'm yeah. waiting for my book. It, the Requiem, yeah. yeah. I just got mine in the mail today. Oh, so I should be getting they are, it. I they're should be getting it anytime. I can't wait, man. Yeah, cannot it looks wait. amazing. Uh but no, I've I've worked with great artists like her, Ken Kreckler, uh a couple others that are very upfront and, and will just tell you like, hey, I don't I don't need all this extra detail. Just Give me the the wave tops and, and let me, as Dad puts it, just let me cook. Yeah. So, so yeah, I've been very fortunate to learn from those people. So that's great. I gotta. So I'm curious. So when you are when you're curating an anthology, are you looking? So we'll say an artist wants to do something but doesn't have a story, and a writer submits something but does he doesn't have an artist or or they don't have an artist uh attached to it so do you play connector in that too or is it kind of like oh you need your established team to come in and to come in and uh submit yeah so for the for the open call for submissions Mm -hmm. it was definitely hey we we don't we don't like to play matchmaker yeah uh it it gets really tedious but i'm all about helping out independent artists that's why i started the business uh there's a team on here uh Craig Sawyer and Jay Kennedy. It's that exactly to a T. Uh, Craig came in and had a, probably the best written, one of the best written submissions. And I was like, I really got to have the story. He's like, well, my artists fell through. Mm. Uh, and then I had another piece where they didn't get submitted, but their art was phenomenal. Uh, and I had gone back and forth with Tad on it. Tad's like, well, the art, art's great. The story is not great, but the art's great. Um, the story was, the story wasn't that? not great. It just, didn't it wasn't one of the, the top contenders yeah uh, all the stories were awesome but uh in that instance yeah we absolutely paired them up on a, a story called black seas of infinity it's it's one of my favorite in the books it's very uh thousand leagues under the sea cool uh, inspired so absolutely yeah it we do that all the time no i like that i like that and, and you know is it oh go, no, sorry, please Brian, go ahead please oh i was just gonna say one of the things i was really interested i was really surprised at is maybe it's just my natural like default, but like I was really expecting every, majority of the stories to go very Lovecraftian because Lovecraftian's just been so dominant the last, Oh yeah. I don't know since Hellboy really came onto the scene. Right. And yeah. it wasn't like, it, there was a lot of stories that were really outside of the Lovecraftian. And there was a couple in there that were, you know, played to the Lovecraftian queue. Um, but there was a lot of them that were just like, you had some comedies and stuff in there. I thought that was just so refreshing because it was like just again, kind of like you're saying, where like you have an idea of like what you think the outcome is going to be, and then you see it and you're like, oh, wow, that's not what I thought at all. And that was probably one of the biggest surprises for me when I was looking over some of the the stories. And uh, I, I don't know, I think it's that's great because it gives you some variety. Not everybody wants a fucking scary, right? Love, <laughs> you know, HP Lovecraft story. <laughs> Right. Yeah. Over the overwhelming majority, I was very surprised. Uh, we're not Lovecraftian. 
yeah. we did get a handful of submissions and we had to like this isn't a cthulhu story like you know it's it's octopus more yeah. more cracking it's probably like that's what i love about this anthology every single story like you just said is, is so different and you go from uh you know a black and white fantasy story to you know a story about an octopus who's pet octopus who's owner is sick so he decides to go to work for him for a day uh over to like a high fantasy fairy tale uh into a you know a story about an octopus disguised as a dog playing you know playing poker <laughs> experience that it, it's all over the place i love yeah. it it's, that's cool it's just reading it you're like I, I, there's no theme here. It's it's just it. There's no genre, one genre. It's uh, I love it. It's amazing. Yeah, that's uh, that's really so. Cool. So let me ask you. Let's get into because I'm always curious as to and the kind of the like the not necessarily just making the comic, but actually like producing the comic, mm-hmm. like after the Kickstarter said done. And I feel like this is something that. Uh, you, you know, anytime you talk to anyone who works in independent comics, right there, the question is like, Oh, who are you always printing through? What, yeah. what printers are you aware of? Are you, um, are you printing domestically? Are you printing overseas? Like what, uh, and like, how did you kind of come to the conclusions for like what you wanted to do print wise? Yeah. So, and, and this is great. If there's any one listening to the podcast, who's trying to print their first comic, but a lot of research, uh, <laughs> I, I print, uh, domestically, I, I don't print international anymore. Made that mistake. Uh, it took me six months to get my books. So uh, printing, printing within, uh, if you live in the United States, printing within the United States, uh, I think is always preferable. Plenty of options. You definitely do some research. Uh, I personally, I partner with Mixum. They've printed almost all of my books, done great work. Uh, a lot of the artists I work with use different ones. Mm-hmm. So, I, I stick with the old reliable until they're not reliable anymore. Sure. Uh, but definitely, definitely do a whole lot of research uh, into everything, not just printing, but for any of your merchandising, everything else. Yeah. I, uh, I do the whole, I, I scan Kickstarter. I, you know, cold email artists, uh, producers, everybody, um, and just your brains. You know, like what products are you creating? You know, what what does it cost you to produce those and everything else? I'm constantly trying to learn in the business, yeah. and uh, it's it's worked out so far. I think uh, people within this community are always super nice. I, I rarely ever get a you know don't get a return email or a return phone call or something. Mm. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm yeah. curious. Oh, go ahead. Well, I was just gonna say it's really interesting because uh, you know, like uh, I feel like that is the one thing about printing overseas, right? Like, yeah, it's cheaper, but there's that, it's that six month, you know, turnaround. And if you want to get books in, and then like, if anything happens, like there's a print mistake or something that six months can turn into a year yeah, and, and even longer. And that's where you see some of these books that just get held up for a long time, especially if they're going through this, you know, kind of Kickstarter model. Yeah. Um, I, uh, yeah, Mixum seems like it's definitely one of the top tier places that people go to, to print stuff. You know, um, I know I've printed a few things there myself that quality is always great, you know, and it sounds like they're during the pandemic, they were, they 
I think they had some shortages. I remember their prices got kind of crazy. <laughs> yeah, they it, it got a little nuts during the pandemic. Um, what did I can't? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It uh, it, there were definitely some um, stalls in printing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, everybody was, and you know, thankfully, you know, Kickstarter you know, weathered the weathered the storm. Yeah, yeah. Um, people were yeah. still able to do projects and everything. So, yeah. So I'm curious. You know, uh, I know every time you're on, we always talk about like how much work it is you know, doing a Kickstarter and, but I'm also kind of curious, like, you know, a lot of times, you know, when people do Kickstarters, they're doing it for their project. And while, you know, this is your project, but you also have, you know, 18 or maybe 19 other, other creators or more, you know, who are counting on you to get, you know, to, to, to get it to the finish line. Right. So what kind of pressure does that, does that bring to you as like, you know, the, the publisher of warden comics to like, make sure that that gets done. Uh, well, I mean, knowing that had Luke is dependent upon me uh, to survive for, you know, selling this book is, is a huge. Um, <laughs> now, uh, everyone's been, you know, that's in the book is, is great. Uh, we keep in constant communication, you know, group emails, uh, air drive folders, everything else. Uh, I, I try to get it as far spread as possible. Uh, you'll see the Instagram post, Mm -hmm. Facebook X post. Uh, I create a a shared media folder. So I create all the advertisements and I I tell all the artists like, Hey, if you want to create your own advertisements for it, go for it. Just, just tag us. Uh, there's no limits to it as long as, you know, it, it's the theme and it helps sells the book and gets the word out. And so far the, you know, the artist team's phenomenal. Yeah. Uh, spreading the word and, and helping everybody out. So that's good. That's great. So what's the, uh, you know, what's, what's the goal? What's your, you know, what's, what's your, what's your funding goal for this, uh, for this Kickstarter? Yeah. So funding goals is $5,000 okay. uh, with, uh, some, you know, some awesome stretch goals. Uh, I know, I know Tad's going to ask, uh, one of the stretch goals is a, is a hardcover yes! for the anthology. Yes. Yeah. Uh, an additional story uh, for another one of the stretch goals, as well as giving, you know, some additional money back to the artist uh, and creative teams as well. I, I, I think that's always a, that should always be a key stretch goal. Kickstarter is, you know, if you get it past the finish line to a certain point, about the people that, that helped you to that finish line. So, doing it right yeah, man doing it right yeah I was, I was gonna say that's cool man that's cool that you're doing that because i don't feel like i know early in my career i got roped that was like one of the things like i did like an idw anthology it's like one of the first things i did ever like in my career right and um it was cool they gave me like the biggest story in the book and all this kind of stuff and that was like the big selling point it was like well yeah depending on how well the book does Depends how well you get paid. And the book did like over a hundred thousand dollars, you know, in sale, like pre-sales and IDW picked it up. So they were publishing it. So you're like, oh, wow. Okay. Like this is all just pre-sale money at this point. So we should like all the creative teams were like, we're getting this back. Like, this is great. We're getting like an actual like page rate. And then nobody ever, (laughs) no one got paid at (laughs) all. We didn't even get a copy of the book. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was really, um, and then later that year, 
the book got nominated for a fucking Eisner for like best anthology of the year. And, um, yeah. And it was like, I don't know. It was one of those where I think that might've been the last anthology that I worked on until yours, mm. you know, just cause mm. I was like, well, I'll work mm. with Ludi, but yeah, it was just, I think it's great that you told me once. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah that's yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. But yeah. no, I, I think it was, um, I think it's really cool that you're doing that. Um, it's, I, I feel like that's, just a really admirable thing to do that not your, your larger publishing houses. They're not going to do. I mean, I've worked on a few big projects that were like, I guess, pre-sale sold through Kickstarter and I don't need to name what they were, but they all did like really, really really well, well. really well. And nobody, nobody got anything, um, no bonus, no nothing. You know what I mean? Like it was really kind of a, um, kick in the face, but I mean, you know, that's what happens, I guess, when you work for, I guess, big IPs. <laughs> yeah. Now, <laughs> you know, I want to, I want to pitch something to you right now and I'm going to do a live. I didn't, I haven't told Tad about this, but it just kind of, oh, it just kind of popped in my head. No, it's a serious, it's a serious thing too, just because of like both what you and I do for a living in our day jobs, you know, like you're, you're still in the service. I'm a, I'm a Marine veteran. Uh, I work with veterans in the arts so, have you thought about doing doing some Hold sort? On. You're you're not about to guess the next anthology, are you? Uh, am I? I feel like you, you're probably about to go ahead. Oh, yeah, uh, oh! I was just going to pitch uh, something to highlight uh, military and veteran stories uh, from military and veteran creators. Nailed it in one job, Brian. Oh hell yeah! So, yeah. yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, next year's anthology is is going to be military focused. So military stories uh, brought to life uh, working with a nonprofit called Bullet for Band-Aids um, and uh, trying to get those stories across. Yep. That's that's great. That's great. Um, not I, I swear he didn't know that before, Dad. Like, no, I, I, I didn't. Like, I just, you know, but I didn't like set him up or anything. Yeah. No, that's great, man. No, that's cool. It. Uh not obviously not right now cuz you know we're trying to talk about uh oh, but uh we should connect on that later. Uh I'd love to love to chat with you about it more. And uh yeah. Yeah, don't you, don't you work with some hefty grant programs uh that uh to help, you know. I I do. I do. Wow. Yeah. So Interesting. Mm. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> yeah, so we could we could connect on that at a later date, but uh love to uh you know, if there's any way that I can that I can help with that, would love to. Wait, uh, hold on. So if if I put Tag Galusha in a book and Brian Bell's in a book, do I? Oh, you do you Tiger Revenge podcast, or you cut that? You cut out a little bit. Say that again. Oh, uh, so if I put Tag Galusha and Brian Bell's in a book, I get a permanent Blue Tiger Revenge podcast seat, or. I mean, pretty much. Pretty much. I mean, that's kind of what it sounds like. That's, uh, that's all it takes. Yeah, let's, let's do this. Yeah, and then, uh, and so then, and now I have a now I have a request. So I had an now this is my request to you. Um, can can I can I get a pull quote, please, for 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 this anthology? For oh, let me get a pull quote, man. <laughs> let me get put a quote pull quote of me on your book. I need it. <laughs> You already did, and it was derogatory. You were making fun of the superstar, all right? Like, that's your pull quote. Yeah, I mean, the, the quote's literally on the front cover. 
Did you I get- wouldn't say superstar. You got Jim Lee? Is that the pull quote? <laughs> you, guys, you guys got Jim Lee? Wow. Yeah, then everybody oh. buys me like, Jim Lee wasn't in this. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. No, 100%. I'll, I'll throw it right on the cup. My man. My man. <laughs> Blue Tiger Revenges, Brian Bales. That's right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> as, as long as the quote is derogatory towards Tad. Then uh, yeah, yeah. We wouldn't, listen, book. we wouldn't have it any other way around here. What's sad is I, I, I back that. I, I support this statement. <laughs> yeah. I always, I always tell him how whenever he posts art, I want to like, uh, I always want to troll him on his like personal Facebook page and be like, eh, it's not your best. But, oh. but I don't think people would get the joke. <laughs> I actually at, at a comic con in town. Did, did you? you? Yeah, I did. It was uh, who was that? It was another one of your artist buddies. But it was oh. like, you were trying to sell Cretaceous. Okay, like, it's it's all right. It's not like right in front of your booth. You're like, dude, what are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to sell books. And I was like, ah, I mean. He had Sorry. Like, he did a little he did a little con in my hometown. Uh, <laughs> uh this was what 20, 2017, 2018. It wasn't long after was, we started the podcast. So Yeah, I want to say it was like 2018. It was 20 uh, yeah, it had to have been 2018. Um yeah. and uh it was at the the uh one of the at the local community college, they hosted a little they have a little sci-fi con and I got them to bring Tad down for it and uh some yeah. guy walks some some guy walks up. <laughs> he puts up one of his books. He's like, "Eh, don't like this very much." <laughs> this is straight. Up. He didn't even set it down. He just threw it on the table <laughs> and walked away. And they're like, "Cool, nice. all right." Yeah. Tad was like, "Thanks, Thanks man. I, Thanks, you know, man. I, I tried my best." Yeah, I flew. <laughs> I flew two thousand miles down just to so, uh, have some guy just shit all over what I do for a living. So funny. <laughs> I mean, you know, the the thing is, uh, you Kate, for every one of those, you get like how many hundreds of people that are like, "This is great, thank you for yeah. making this." Well, this no, was it's this, just this was right after you did uh, uh, the turtles, maybe Ghostbusters turtles, and you had dudes mm. dressed up as Ghostbusters coming to see you. So yeah, yeah. yeah. that was actually really nice. cool. Yeah. That was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. But awesome. enough, enough about me. Yeah, enough no, about you're me. the whole. Hey, you're the selling point for the, the superstar. Book, Superstar, superstar. Yeah, I better. I might uh, have to take some new uh, headshots for you. You know. Oh my god! Please do in the in the in the blue tiger sweatsuit tracksuit. Oh, I haven't done that yet. That's a good idea. Oh, that's a really good. Send it. Send it. It'll be in the book. Okay. Perfect. Um. So okay, so you've got this Kickstarter coming out, and like a lot of people are going the way we're talking. We're like, wow, yeah, Ludi, all the hard work is done. You did it. You, you you organized this anthology. But the reality is, is now comes the real hard work. Is you had a grueling month of just campaigning and mm-hmm. selling this uh, this project. Um, yeah. How uh, how how's what, what goes into the strategy for that? I mean, like I know you have because you're a pretty organized guy, so I know that you're you know, talking with your, your team and the people around you. Um, is there anything that you're doing differently this year than maybe, uh, in the past? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, something new every single time, but you know, campaigning is one part of it. You have to actually get out there and show people your stuff and places that you may not have thought of, you know, 
selling comic books or showing comic books, uh, taking it to, you know, introducing uh, at local libraries, you know, reading comics to kids, obviously not the horror comics. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, uh, they love uh, H.P. Lovecraft by Dr. Seuss, their favorite. <laughs> now, um, now, just getting out there and you know, introducing more people to the community and, and talking about it, advertising, and just you know, trying to do comic book uh, podcast, comic book you know, website reviews, stuff like that. It, there's a lot of rejection to it. There's a lot of stuff that doesn't work. Uh, it's, you got to figure out what sticks, what works, what doesn't work, and you know, get it out there. And I try to introduce as many people as you can to the actual comic book world. Yeah, you got to have a. Sometimes you got to have a, a thick skin uh, when, oh, you're, yeah. when you're when you're doing 100%. this stuff. You know. Oh yeah, no, absolutely, hundred uh, percent. Anyone who's going to create comic books, you got to get used to rejection a lot, and it's yeah. just that's just part of the game. Yeah, I always I always like to 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 think of it though, like even if you know. Maybe people maybe people hate it, but it's gonna be someone's favorite thing, right? Even if you know if the consensus is like, oh, you know that that movie or that comic or that band is garbage, that's still someone's favorite movie or comic or band or whatever. You know what I mean? So it's you know trying to. Sometimes I bet it's probably difficult to stay positive. Oh yeah, hundred percent. But it, like I said, that's why I love doing anthology. I've, that's something I've learned. I kind of step back and appreciate more as a publisher and an editor is there's so much variety mm-hmm. in an anthology. You could do so many things with it. And for this one, you know, we tried to do try to make the stories as different from each other as possibly good in the way that we structured them. Uh, I actually brought a, a friend on Joshua Hewis onto the creative team. Who he's not an artist. He's not a writer. He's not an editor. He does nothing within the comic book community. He purely is just a lover of comic books. And uh, so I brought Josh on and I was like, hey man, you know, order the stories in a way that would surprise you the most as a comic book reader. And I think he's did a he's done a phenomenal job. But you know, if one you may read the first story and you're like, yeah, this is not it's not really my thing. It's not what I'm into. And they go to the next door and you're like, yeah, this is it. This is what I'm talking about. And just you know, having that sense of, you know, excitement and seeing something new, every single story and the stories are short. They're yeah. some are six pages, some are 10 pages some are eight. Like it just, the stories are all very linked and such very different artwork and story turn, story tones that even if you hate one, you know, you may like four other ones. Uh, I think there's going to be a lot of people that find something they like in the melody. Yeah. Bring them back. And one of one of the things I like about anthologies too is that it introduces the reader to artists and writers that they might not have been fans of before. So like if somebody ordered the book for comic book superstar Tad Galusha's art and story, uh, you know, they'll they'll be like, hey, this is great. And then f- flip to the next story and like, oh my God, this is awesome too. Like, who did this? Let me go find everything that they've done too. So it's a really just it's a great way to introduce uh, readers to new to new creators out there and, and and find new work and new new books to follow by them. Especially the you know the people coming out of the Cuber School that are you know, looking for more artwork, looking for more jobs, and now they've got a foothold. Mm-hmm. And 
you know, one of the things I love doing it here at Warden Comics too is all about helping the independent artist again is reaching back out to these people and you know saying hey you know checking in on them you know six months to a year from now and saying like hey yeah i've got some you know maybe a cover or i've you know a variant cover or some you know artwork or something on a book that i would love to have you on again so just helping grow that community keep them keep them vested in the community building my my team you know one or two people at a time or in a case of anthology i get to build you know 40 50 people at a time yeah um and it's it's just wonderful yeah 90 you percent know, of these people come back as a matter of fact um after doing the monstrosity anthology you know i've got uh three creative teams that came back cool that they're like hey i don't care what it takes i want to be in your i want to be in the anthology as well and I don't think that's from anything that I did. I just think it's, you know, they got a foothold in the anthology. You know, they made some noise in their hometowns. They made some noise in their state, their their country, wherever. And they're like, hey, I, I want to do that again. Yeah. So, well, and, and I'm all about it. So I think give yourself a little bit of credit. I think it is, you know, partially because of what you did and what you're putting together in the community that you're building. Like people wouldn't want to work with you otherwise. You know what I mean? So give your, give yourself a little bit of credit there. Yeah, I mean, they. I told them like, guys, like, Superstar Tag Lucia is going to be on this book, and they're like, yeah, got to do it, got to do it, you bastards, you bastards. Uh, we'll keep, we'll keep beating this dead for some stuff. We'll Listen, it's up, not dead I, yet. It's not dead yet. <laughs> it's still breathing a little yeah, bit. We got to kick it some more. <laughs> we got to kick it some more. So, uh, you're. I mean, you've really like since I've met you, you've really racked up with warden comics like a a a catalog of books Mm -hmm. at this point um are you uh are you offering like some bundle packages and you know is there bundle packages for like if there's some independent bookstores because you know nationwide there's still quite a few independent uh zine and comic shops out there that are looking for these kind of projects um are you uh is that part of the campaign at this point or is that just something you just offer on the website no, absolutely. Uh, there's there's always going to be a bundle in there for anyone to catch up on the back issues. And the great thing about uh, this Kickstarter is uh, the the recent uh, our, our recent Kickstarter success, uh, Requiem and Relki, is actually part of it. You can get you can get it through this Kickstarter, so you can get the full back catalog. Uh, you'll be able to purchase it on it through our website on digital um yeah you, you can get it all you can get everything that i have in my tiny little office i will send to you that's awesome <laughs> if you want it that's cool man I, I mean i just i think that's always so great when i don't know about you but i love like looking at the things that i've made especially over like a year or a two-year period and then going like oh yeah look at like there's there's like a nice handful of books here that you can just like hand to somebody you know if they want to mm-hmm. um uh, I, I think that's really it's so 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 crazy when you start adding it up like all the stuff that you've done you know but um okay no, I, I appreciate it yeah i'm, yeah. I'm still i'm still going uh, we actually have a, a couple more series that we're adding to uh word comics this year so oh, really cool. excited. wow cool wow no. Yeah, we gotta we gotta get you out to some conventions, man. The yeah. cons are starting to come back. We gotta get you at cons now. 
I know. I'm I'm super pumped for them. Yeah, you got any uh, any any appearances? Any any that you're uh, that you're going to be at? Still trying to you know find some stability in my day job that I can actually get out there and do them. But yeah, yeah, yeah. as soon as I can. Cool. Yeah, definitely. Okay. Well, I was just gonna say. Oh, I was just gonna say. I do see uh, at Emerald City last year. I saw. I I, I couldn't tell you the names of the of the creators, but they had you know monstrosity out on their stands to sell. So uh, you know, it's it's out. It's out there. So it'll be. Yay! I made it. Yeah. So it'll be cool when you when you are actually able to go and go and represent for your uh, you know for your publishing. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's the dream is, you know, to, to link in with some of these artists and creative teams that I've worked with and just meet up at a con and you know, mm-hmm. kick back and have fun for a couple of days and sell books. Yeah. yeah. I, f- I feel like, you know, this is something, uh, and something that I've seen you do specifically just from all the times we've had you on the show, uh, watching your books, um, you know, for the last, what, three, four years, uh, just the growth that you've had, how do you, you know, how do you constantly like learn and evolve as you, as you continue to do this? I would say I surround myself with uh, people who don't mind being honest with me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's uh, my willingness to accept criticism. Uh, I think it comes pretty naturally to me due to my uh, job in the military, but just listening to creative teams and being willing to learn and not be stubborn and not be not have tunnel vision about what a project has to look like, sound like, feel like, and, and just trusting the process, trusting the people that you work with. Yeah. Yeah. I love that you said the just the continued learning thing. Cause mm-hmm. I think, especially as we all get, you get older, right? You start getting like middle-aged and you start get it's easy to get complacent and get into that view set where this is how things are done this is how i see th- the world that i'm operating in and the reality is is like things are always changing and it's interesting how you see especially in like the comic landscape you see certain creators who get a little they don't like where things are going mm-hmm. and it's because it's not like how they remember it like when they were breaking in and so they you know, they, they get like obtuse about it instead of just going like, no, no, it's just, they go full comics gate. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, (laughs) But instead of just like, like growing and, and realizing like, that was the one thing that I always, and I, I probably talked about this to death at this point, but like, uh, like the, the few years I got to be around Joe Kubert is, you know, like he was in his eighties and he was like learning how to do digital art which to me was insane. Like he was like learning coloring and all that stuff because it was the one thing that like he hadn't, hadn't done and digitally colored and lettered a book before he'd all, he'd done it all, you know, analog with like pen and ink and, mm-hmm. and you know, watercolor and doc Martin dies. But, and it was just, it's one of those things. Just, I always think about that and be like, Oh yeah, that's, that's the thing is like the entire, like everything is going to change over, you know, from decade to decade and you just have to stay at least somewhat aware of it, you know, so that you can modify your approach to things. Yeah. Um, it's, and, it's that whole. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and I, and I think that, uh, uh, um, you know, military and veterans, they're able to 
accept criticism a little better than other people when you're used to being screamed at for being, you know, three minutes late to something. Uh, yeah. And so it's, I think it's all, it's always good to be able to like it, be okay with being criticized, you know, as long as it's like, you know, productive and that they're not being an asshole about it, you know, but, uh, but yeah, that's always, it's, it's good to like not stay in your bubble of where everything I do is right. And it's, yeah, it's always it's everybody else who's wrong, not me. It's always fun in this community. <laughs> Whenever you ask for feedback, it's like most people will tiptoe into it. They're like, "Are you sure?" Like, mm-hmm. you know, they'll send back like, "Oh, you know, just some mild questions," and they they try to be so polite. And that's usually how it starts, right? Like, I've I've worked with quite a few people in this uh, community that are just the most polite people ever, and I'm just like, I don't. Listen, man. Like, I don't. I don't want you to be polite. Just tell me how the story, like, how you want to see it. You know what you really think is wrong with it, and then if you surround yourself with with great people, mm-hmm. uh, you know, great writers, great artists, uh, everything. If you surround yourself with those people and they and they get comfortable with you, and that's that's when the real fun begins. Yeah, because yeah. You know, I, I still write. I, I still do you know, world building documents that I sent my writers and I was like, Hey, like, what do you guys think of this? And some of them are real comfortable with me. And, you know, they're like, wow, this is the biggest pile of crap that I've ever seen. Like, why, <laughs> why would you send this to me? Well, don't worry. Like I'll make it better. Yeah. And, and then they do. And I was like, well, Ted did that's that to what me I was before. trying to say the whole time, but you just wrote it better because you're a better writer. But yeah, yeah, it's, it's so much fun. I love working on comics, uh, especially with those types of people that I've got, man, you'll, you'll start getting scripts that are, I, I will roll on the floor laughing while I'm reading them. Cause just the notes that they put in them, I'm like, okay, man, like I got it. I can't write as good as you. And, and you know, they'll take little jabs at me every once in a while to be like, aha, like you write something as well. <laughs> and I get it. I get it. Yeah. <sighs> Not that great. Uh, but no, it's just, it's so much fun. And, and little things like that have honestly, uh, the only reason why I'm still working in comics is because of stuff like that. I like it. But yeah, yeah. you got to be able to take that criticism because, you know, yeah. the, the moment, uh, tag Lucia goes through a red ink pen on one of your uh, scripts. Trust me. Him. Yeah. Oh, I, I, I yeah, know. That's how, you, that's how you become friends with me. All right. Yeah. You have to give me your crap and then I'll, I'll like tell you how bad it is. And then if you're yeah. cool afterwards, it, then, it, you, know. you know, he, he did that to me and then Dr. Wife did it to both of us. So I felt a little bit better after well, that. <laughs> I get it daily, like <laughs> daily. I, I mean, yeah, no, but it's, yeah. it's, it's good though, because you know, I, you know, I wrote something that I thought was awesome. And he was like, yeah, we can't, this, this doesn't make any fucking sense. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> can't, can't have that. Yeah. It, well, it's that thing where it's like, I, I'm, a, I always, I never believe that ideas are bad. Yeah. It's just, there's different ways to execute them yeah. that will achieve the goal. And like we, we had a, uh, we had a, we had a, a guest on last week, you know, we got kind of, were talking about this of like, uh, what do you do when you do get criticism? And the reality is like, as a creator, like I, you know, I never take criticism as a bad thing. It's just like, okay, do you necessarily have to take the suggestions that you're given? No, but if other outside viewers are seeing that there, this is a weaker area, then it means that 
you probably need to adjust it. There's some, something's not clicking if people yeah. are having an issue with it. Yep. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. And so, and it's not like it never comes from a place of, it's not personal. It's never, I mean, I'm sure there's people that do it to be a personal dick. Sure. I've never experienced that. It's always just been like, well, I just don't think this will vibe with what you're laying down. Like, how can we make this, you know, it just means it's a weak area that needs to be beefed up. Yeah. You know? Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I've never experienced anything like that. Uh, I think, you know, the worst thing I've ever experienced is you know, akin to someone saying no. Uh, whereas I wrote a script treatment and sent it out and they're like, Hey, I just, I don't think you're the right person for this book. Yeah. You know, it's not what I thought it was. You know, I, I thought I was, you know, in my genre or whatever, but it's really not. And yeah, you just learn from that and I move forward. Mm-hmm. But again, like this community is amazing. I, I've never met anyone who's just flat out rude or who wasn't oh, supportive of what we just doing, wait. So. <laughs> just wait. They're coming. <laughs> oh, They're yeah. coming. I mean, I'm not at that level. I'm not at superstar level yet. <laughs> Uh, you're right. You're absolutely right. That's how you know you've made it. Is when people don't hesitate to fucking tear you to pieces <laughs> or just say no to be an asshole. Yeah, that's when you've made it. Oh God, damn it. Oh, one day I'll work on a book and not get paid. Tag Glusha. <laughs> it's it happens. It happens. You know what's sad is when I was coming into the industry, like I had multiple people be like, "Oh, it's gonna happen. Just don't get too upset." It's going to happen. And they were yeah. 100% right. Yeah. Uh, there was one gig I had to wait. Um, I don't know if I can. It was like the f- one of the first gigs I did, professional gigs. It was with DC Comics, actually, um, under one of their like imprints at the time. It took like, I don't know. It was like, it was almost like eight months to get paid for it. Yeah. DC, DC Comics. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I had to be very patient, kiss a lot of ass. It wasn't even that much money, but it was just one of those things that like uh, the imprint existed, then it didn't. Yeah. Uh, and when when it went away, the people that were still working just didn't get paid. And so it was, uh, you know, nothing against DC. I, I did get paid. I just had to be patient because it was like none of the people that were even working in that department were even still there. They'd all left. And, I, and you know, that's a lot of what happens with that kind of stuff, you know. Yeah, I mean, you've seen, I mean, just this last couple of years, how many publishers have we seen pop up? They were like, man, and go big names. And then yeah. they're gone. Yeah. You know? Like, look, like yep. when was like Ahoy is gone. Like, where did Ahoy go? Right. Like they're, they no longer exist. Yeah. And they, they were, had some big books. Yeah. I mean, I just, I wonder what's going to happen to those, but yeah. So I, I got, a, I got a question, Ludi. Um, for, for the prospective person who wants to submit, an anthology like who wants to submit a book to you or a, or a script to you what do you look for like is there like what 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 do you look for when you look uh when you decide you know yes or no like what what goes through your mind ooh uh good question one is it interesting uh two has it been done before to death mm-hmm. um Three and kind of loosely, right? Like, does it make sense? Yeah. Uh, I'm all about some stuff that doesn't make sense. Uh, I'm all about it. I love those stories. But it has to but make sense like, in like a story structure, right? Is that what you mean by that? 100%, yeah. And then I can't really help myself in a lot of them. Uh, I'll read it and I'm like, well, 
can I do anything else with this story? Like, can I help you turn? And I keep going back to uh, Crow in the Eternal Night, mm-hmm. right? Uh, I, I think it's probably the best one that was pitched to me uh, by Colleen Palmer, whom you've had on the show. And uh, when she pitched it to me, I was like, oh, man, I I can think I could do like two additional books to this. Like I could make this a whole series and it got me super excited before I had even agreed to do anything with the book before she had even agreed to print it at Warden comics. And if a book, if it makes me excited like that, then hundred yeah. percent, I'm all about it. Um, but a lot of times, uh, unfortunately, you know, I'll get submissions that, you know, it, it doesn't make sense sure. from a story point perspective or narrative perspective. Uh, kind of, you know, maybe a character is weak, or you know, th- there can be all sorts of things. Excess. I don't. I don't really print a whole lot of excessive nudity or vulgar books. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I try to keep it in the uh, the late teens, yeah. uh, early adult kind it's of like a, like a PG thirteen. Yeah, absolutely. So if if it goes, and I've had those submissions where they're just like, "Hey, man, like uh, this is this is maybe like you may want to try like Heavy Metal Magazine or somebody like uh, I'm not the you know publication company for this." Yeah, but yeah, it really is is if the story gets me excited and I see future in it. Okay, absolutely. But I have to imagine the hardest part is sending those rejection letters out. Yeah, and the thing is, and I see a lot of other independent publishers not doing this. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got to send the rejection letters out. Yeah, you, know, you can't. You got to send them out. You have to send, uh, and I do it with every submission for like the anthologies. I I try to do like, hey, you know, I'm sorry your story wasn't submitted. If you'd like our reasoning why we didn't choose you, please let us know because not everybody does. Yeah. Learned that on the uh, first anthology I did, they're like, "Why would you tell me? I, I like that. Just you just ruined my whole day." I'm gonna stop doing that unless they actually, unless yeah, because a lot of people don't take that feedback very well. Yeah, I run, a, dude. I run a grant program, and so like I'm, I'm with you. Like you have to, you know, people put work into it, so you, you know, you want to let them know that they didn't, that they didn't make it. And yeah, same. Like not everybody reaches out to ask for why or you know, uh, what they can do better next time. But for the ones who do, I always try and like, you know, be respectful and, and just, you know, Hey, this, the, it it wasn't, it might not have been like the, the, the project that you were trying to do. It could have just been like the way it was written didn't work, but the project itself, it's not, you know, try work on it and, and, and come back to me next year when it opens up again, you know? Um, and I think the worst thing you can do is just, never respond to somebody. Yeah. So they're just, they don't know what they did wrong. Yeah. And, you know, they'll, they'll never know. I, I submit to a lot of different anthologies as well. And there's some that I won't hear back for, you know, four or five months and the book's already come out. I'm like, Hey man, am I in this anthology? Can I help promote it? Yeah. Oh no, no, we couldn't get your story. Thanks for letting me know. Like, come on, it's an email dude. Like, (laughs) yeah. But the worst, you know, the worst is when they don't let you know, and then you find out that you're in the book, and absolutely. then they're and they're like, "Well, where's the work?" It's like no one ever told me that I had to produce work for this. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, you're two months late on turning in pages. Uh, yeah, you're like, uh, who are you? Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. Been there a few times. Yeah. Well, that's great, man. <laughs> I love just do the work. Yeah. Just yeah. Like, be polite and build, help build the community. Up. Yeah. I love, no. I love what you're doing. We love what you're doing here on the show. Uh, and you know, obviously you, you got, you, you got Tad to do, to do a story with you. So he obviously believes in it too, man. So that's, that's awesome. Keep, keep doing what you're doing. I appreciate it. Yeah. I mean, like I said, uh, I can't say enough good things about the story that we did. Like not only was it from just a work standpoint, like a pleasure to work on, but um, just, yeah. Like the story itself was yeah. and just, it was just he, great. He just called great. me after he got the script and told me how impressed he was. And I, and you know, I hear all the stories, good, bad, and in between. <laughs> oh, no. So, uh, oh, no. you know, he, he, you know, it was all, yeah. all positive. So, yeah, I mean, I th- I think I told you, but like I I was really impressed with the script, man. Especially if, like, because I don't think I've seen a lot of your scripts except for probably the one I took the red pen to. <laughs> and so, There's like, the reason for that, Dad. <laughs> yeah, like going from that to the one that you sent me was it was such night and day, and seeing that growth, um, yeah, it was just really impressive. That and the fact that like, I don't know, the fact that you're. I find with a lot of pros, even I do this myself, I'm hesitant sometimes. Like if I know I have a glaring weakness, uh, I'll be hesitant to reach out to individuals who I know could like help with it. And the fact that you were like, Oh, I want to do a poem, but I'm not, I, I, I'm not strong in the poetry department. I'm just going to re- reach out to a poet and then structure that into writing a comic script. I mean, like I give you the massive props for doing that. Cause most people wouldn't, they would just like, no, I'm going to write this poem. It's good. I'll, I'll lie to myself and tell me it's good. You know, it's good. <laughs> yeah, I, I tried. Uh, I tried. I got, I think I got like two or three panels into it and I was like, mm, not my strong suit. Yeah. And I think the way we, we did it overall, like, uh, between, you know, you, me and the, and the, the poet, uh, I, I like, I think it really turned out really well. Um, I mean, I, at least I, I think so. I, I mean, I don't know. Uh, I hope other people do, um, you know, cause like, again, I've never illustrated a poem before, but I think we hit all the, the fucking dots. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, the story is amazing. So, and I think there's a, there's actually a blue tiger revenge fallout in the story as well. God, there is. God damn yeah. right. There is. Yeah, there is. There is. There is. So readers, they got to look close, but it's there. They'll find yeah, it. Yeah, it's a little, the, little Easter egg. Well, some, there's 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 some tiger milk in it for you guys. Is what you're, is what you're saying. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. Okay. Well, I know that you, you know, not only do you make comics, uh, but you're also an observer of pop culture. Oh uh, um, yes. I mean, it's a new year, a new a new us. Uh, what are you looking forward to this year? There's a lot of shit that's dropping, you know, like star Wars is making announcements. There's all this King Kong Godzilla stuff popping out. Uh, Deadpool three is on the horizon at least some point. Uh, what, what do you got your eye on? I'm just, I'm always curious, you know, what fires people up? Cause that's, it's, you know, it's fucking inspirations. What fuels us to, you know, keep moving. Absolutely. <laughs> it's, Godzilla versus Kong, Deadpool, Ghostbusters. Uh, are they doing another Ghostbuster? Are they doing yeah. another Ghostbuster? Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. Oh. Slimer's back, man. Yeah. And like that, nice. Yeah. Um and it book wise, the the G.I. Joe Energon universe stuff is phenomenal. Uh I mean I I'm actually stuck in the middle of watching it right now, but uh you know, Key Man, I'm a massive he man masters oh. universe fan okay so getting a new season of that from uh you know kevin smith is how is it? i you know, haven't i i haven't started it yet but i've i've watched the last ones and i've enjoyed them so oh man it's star-studded cast yeah i mean everything you everything you would hope for uh you know gargoyles is making a return x-men 97 like mm-hmm. it's it's a great year to be a geek man mm-hmm. i i can't oh. wait I didn't realize Gargoyles was coming back. Gargoyles is coming back. Thundercats, uh, you know, with uh, oh, that's the right. cover just sold. I think they sold like a hundred pre-orders. Oh, oh yeah, isn't that through Boom or something? Like Decan Shelby, yeah. I think, is working on uh, the Thundercats. Yeah, I was. Yeah, really, Rob Rob Liefeld just did like an insane cover uh, huh. for it. Oh wow! And, and yeah, that's just it's great. It's a good time to be a geek. Hundred percent. Wow. It's interesting how these things are like, uh, like some of these old school things are are having this huge resurgence. I love it. Um, yeah, like it's nice to see. Uh, uh, I haven't read it yet, but I flipped through. I'm waiting for the GN to drop. But that Daniel Warren Johnson Transformers. Like, oh yeah. I'm not, I'm not really a Transformers guy. You know, obviously everybody loves Optimus. You know, like he's how oh, can yeah. you not? But uh, that comic looks just stupendous. You know, like mm-hmm. it looks so well done. I can't wait to pick it up. Yeah, I don't know. Um, there's a there's a movie that I'm looking forward to seeing here very oh, soon. Oh yeah, uh, I think it's called Into the Darkness. Yes, because um, you know I'm do you know I do you know I do like like Paleolithic comics and stuff. I'm doing this Paleolithic comic First Americans right now, and uh, you know you, don't, you there's just not a lot of that kind of stuff. Yeah, right? the native the Native American horror story, right? Or are they like have to keep going deeper into the woods yeah i think this one takes place in europe i think it's it's like forty thousand, forty three thousand years ago i think it's like people coming up from like turkey like the cossacks or something like that region and moving up into like northern europe and then they're encountering at least in the trailer the way they're structuring it like they're encountering um like uh like it might be like demons or something which is, you know what I mean? Like some kind of like spiritual thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a theory though. I think the twist in it is, I don't think it's demons. I think it's, it's because there's multiple, you know, you have multiple types of people like hominids, you know, like, yeah, I think it's one type of human, like, uh, you know, one of our ancestors coming across with maybe one of our other ancestors, but it's from a different region and it's their interaction. Like, how would they perceive, like, how would we perceive, like, if we just discovered there was another, like, Neanderthals were still existing, like, right? Mm-hmm. We'd, we'd, be, we'd be pretty scared of them. I think it's that. I think, and so, like, it's through that lens where, like, you're seeing something that rep, I, I, you identify as yourself, but it's different enough. So, all of a sudden, it becomes really scary. I could be wrong. Maybe there's demons and all kinds of weird shit going uh, either on. Either way, it sounds cool. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I just oh, love yeah, all that. Definitely going to watch it. Yeah, like, uh, do you guys ever see Quest for Fire? Did you ever see that movie? No. It came I, out in the 80s, and it was kind of the same thing. If you ever get a chance to check it out, um, it's really good. Not a lot of talking. It's one of Ron Perlman's first movies. 
Okay. He plays like a, like kind of like a Neanderthal guy, but then like, so there's, they're like Neanderthals and then they go down into like Africa. And what it is, is their fire gets extinguished and they're searching for fire and they find another group of humans. So like in the cradle of life, essentially, mm-hmm. like th- they find this village and they have fire and then it's gifted to them by these other people. And then they take it up North and share. It's a, it's a great fucking movie. I don't know. It's, it's one of the few like actual like I guess you could say like ancient people's movies that's somewhat decent. It's not like uh, I'm sure people rip my face off, but Clan of the Cave Bear, which is super hokey and just goofy. I don't know. Like I tried watching it. I don't know. You guys remember Clan of the Cave Bear? No, no. I don't. Am I dating myself here? Am I sounding like super <laughs> yeah, old? Yeah, I mean, I we're the same age, so I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but I hang out with like people in their fifties and sixties. So yeah, it's like I just watched a lot of really weird movies. That, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Is it, well, if you get a chance, are you a, are you a theater guy? Are you like a big movie theater guy, Ludi? Oh yeah. Okay. Okay. Is there so probably what what one are you looking forward to? Which which is the most the one that's going to get you into the theater? the easiest sell for you to get to, to get there. I mean, easiest sell hands down Deadpool three. Yeah. It's yeah. I feel like that yeah, movie is mean, going to make Wolverine, a million Deadpool. dollars. Yeah. Yeah. Before you came out, you know what we were just talking about? You've heard the rumors, right? What's up? So they're talking that there's a rumor that Kelly Hugh might reprise her role as lady death strike. And that also what's her name's going to come back as X 23 and so there's some speculation that apparently that I don't Daphne, know if it's like the script. Wow, what's her it's last like, name? It's Daphne something. I can't remember her last name. But there was a talk that uh, some internet rumor that they were like having some kind of fight. So you were going to get, you know, Lady Deathstrike versus X23, which would be, I, I think, really fucking cool. <laughs> That'd be great. Well, I've, I've seen like some leaked set photos where the uh, Sabretooth and Toad from. The original X Men movies. Yeah. yeah, I saw that what? too. What? Yeah. Sabretooth is coming back too. Which is weird. It's yeah. not Liv Schreiber, right? They got the original no, it's guy. The, it's yeah. The you know why? It's because Liv Schreiber is a respectable actor. He doesn't have time for this bullshit. That's why. You know? <laughs> I mean, listen. Yeah, Ryan, Ryan Reynolds has got a phenomenal like disinformation campaign. Oh, going yeah. For that. Right. He, he posts so much fake stuff. Like, this. It's amazing to me how much he's, he spends. You know, I don't know how much time a day him or his media team coming up with fake images. I'm just fucking with Deadpool. people. Like, I love it. It's yeah, so like, funny. You don't know. You don't know what's going to be in it. Yeah. No, we have no clue. But it, I love it's, it. It's so rare you get to actually speculate about something. I feel like Deadpool is one of those few movies where you can actually speculate and like, shit, man, the Hulk might even show up. Who fucking knows? Yeah. I think, it, I think yeah, it's I funny mean, that you say Liv Schreiber. He's. He's too respectable. Meanwhile, you know, you've got <laughs> Hugh Jackman who just wants to make musicals now. You know, the dude's almost 60. That, you know, how much juice did they yeah. give him to get back into Wolverine shape? Like, yeah, he's I, poor bastard. He's, he's Hugh Jackman. Yeah. Listen, I was just joking about we'll leave, but, but I don't, I think like people forget like Shriver used to be like, he was like the indie, like, yeah, indie, indie, like film guy. Like it was all film festival stuff, you know? Like, yeah. Um, like Woody Allen type movies and stuff like that. Like it's kind of interesting to see that. I don't even know how the fuck they got him it, to play Sabretooth. Money. Um, yeah. I mean, he did a good <laughs> job. He does it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he did a great job. Like he was one of the few interesting characters in the movie, but the movie just happened to be, let's be honest, 
Like The Rock says, it's the biggest piece of dog shit. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I just, I I think with Deadpool 3, like, what makes me so excited, though, is because of the way they've they've set up that universe, is everything is fair game. He's so meta, he breaks the fourth wall a lot. I'm excited because I feel like they're going to make fun of, like, the multiverse trope that they've been using. And because I'm so, I'm so tired of the multiverse but I'm excited for that one because I feel like they're just going to make fun of it the whole time, which is going to be great. Like I, I fully expect Owen Wilson to show up, uh, <laughs> Tom Hiddleston. Uh, I, mean, I, I think, you know, everyone from Deadpool movies is, is going to show up. Yeah, it, he's probably going to have, you know, probably either the older young Magneto. I, I guarantee, I, I money's on Patrick Stewart showing up somewhere. I mean, I'm always I'm always down for Patrick Stewart to show up. He can show up anywhere, and I'm happy. Didn't didn't the uh, was it the the younger X Men crew make an appearance in Deadpool two? Like, wasn't there like a scene where he's like, "Where's all the X Men?" This big mansion, and then they close. (laughs) Yeah, because they're teaching a class or something. I remember that. I was like, "Oh wow, they are there!" Oh look at that. Yeah, now they're there. (laughs) Jesus. Yeah, I heard that that James Marston and is supposed to be in it too as Cyclops. Cyclops, yeah. Frankie nice. Jensen. Oh Mike yeah, is, uh, Phoenix. Being gray. Yeah, yeah. Halle, Be- Halle Berry is rocking some silver hair right now. Interesting. Oh, that'd be cool if they gave her like the the old nineties, the mohawk outfit. Give her the mohawk. Yeah. Oh, from the eighties? Was that eighties or was that 90s? late eighties, early nineties? Yeah. yeah. Okay. I mean, she had it in X Men ninety seven as well. Wasn't that when she like lost her powers or something? Uh, Didn't she lose her powers for a while? And probably. she was just don't like, they uh, all at some point? Badass yeah, freedom. it's like a reoccurring theme. I think uh, she became a, yeah, she became like a mega level mutant. Mm, yeah, you know, stuff like that. Just yeah. bring back. Come on, what? Put some respect on Jubilee's name. God damn it! Like, why can't uh, you know they what? Get, I agree. Yeah, I want the yellow trench coat and the, the weird goofy glasses. Like, come on now. I'll be honest with you. I just want to see Channing Tatum show up as Gambit, for like five seconds. Just so the entire internet will just lose their minds. Was it? Wasn't he, he supposed to be a Gambit he, movie? He was with supposed him? to. Was, years yeah. for years they talked about it. Yeah. Huh. Never happened, huh? Mm-mm. Wow. Yeah, I just wanted to show up for like two, three seconds dressed as Gambit. Yeah. Like very you know, X Men '97 comic book accurate. Yeah. You know. I've, and he's cool. He's cool enough. He would just pop in for cameo, like a five second oh. cameo or something. Yeah. Kinda like what I mean, Brad Pitt did in the last one, right? Well, between the three of them, uh, they all just kind of random cameo in each other's movies now. You've got Bullet Train. You've got that's right. Yeah, uh, what's the one that Channing Tatum just did with Sandra Bullock? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The I just watched that. It was actually pretty hilarious. Good. Yeah, yeah. I, I my wife threw that on. It's gonna be a total chick flick, and I haven't laughed so hard at a movie. Okay, I'll have to watch when it. Brad, dude, when Brad Pitt shows up. It's great because he's so over the top, but he's just so you're like, wow, he's like Channing Tatum's like falling in love with him. It's great. It's so amazing. It's yeah. No, it's a good movie. It's worth watching watching Channing Tatum play the the lovable idiot is just a role he was because he plays like a Fabio like character where he's like a book cover model for Sam yeah. Bullock, right? And then, but everybody thinks he's you know you know how like all that stuff is. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'll have to I'll no, have to see that. Yeah, you, uh, Brian, I think you would actually like it. Is it's it is it good. streaming? Yeah, yeah, it was like Amazon Prime or something like okay. that. I'll check it out. 
I'll yeah. check it out. Yeah. All right. Bri. We hit we hit almost all of our guests with this. I think it's time. For what what for what what are we talking God about? God damn here? it. You know, <laughs> it's like three years of me queuing them up and then like, what? Oh, 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 oh. It's a it's a bit it's a bit now, man. It's a bit. I know. I, I'm I'm maintaining the bit. Okay, God okay, okay. Jesus, okay. just blew it again. Uh, okay. God. Uh, you know, Tiger Cubs. I'm sorry. You know, this guy comes on here. He roasts me. Well, all listen, episode. it's it's not my fault. I get a little starstruck sometimes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's not every day you get to be on a podcast with with a superstar. Awesome superstar yeah. tag. Superstar. Yeah, yeah, I'm just gonna wear a t-shirt now that just says superstar on You know it. what? We need to get a t-shirt <laughs> like that into the we need a blue tiger superstar comic book superstar, superstar. shirt now. Yeah, I yeah. agree. Yeah. I agree. All right. All right. Star tag Alusha. Yep. Uh yeah. the question. Hit him with the question. All right. Hit uh, with it. I know you've you've had this multiple times, but I think this might be the first time I've started with a new question. What is the more memorable TV intro song? The A-Team or Magnum P.I.? It's going to like divide all of your subscribers. Um, I'm going to say A-Team. That's that's Love them. that's the dominant pick. Yeah, that's, that's been the general. Ah. That's been the general pick. You know what it is? It's funny. Yeah. Is everyone Love when goes, a plan comes together? Mm-hmm. Everybody remembers Tom Selleck, but they don't remember the actual like intro that has been kind of the overlaying theme. Yeah. Of that. But then when it comes to the A team, everyone's like, "Why?" Well, I never watched the show, but I know the song. Yeah, it's interesting. It's a. It's really interesting. Yeah. yeah. Like yeah. my wife has never seen the original A Team, but she knows the song. Like, yeah. For, well, first of all, shame on her. Um, well, yeah. I, yeah. Where was she raised? A barn. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. Ugh. It's too bad. Okay. The the real question. The real question. And uh, that wasn't that wasn't the real question. That wasn't the real question. The real uh, question is okay. If given the opportunity for any sort of light to write a com- a, a comic miniseries of any licensed property out there. Doesn't have to be a comic. A comic book character it could be a movie, a TV show or what whatever, a book, whatever. What would you want to do? Mm. It's a great question. Mm. Mm. I, I think last I think you asked me this last time and I, I yeah. told you my idea for uh, a Deadpool character which would be like a dream comic for me. Mhm. Um which hasn't materialized yet. I'm still holding out hope. It could happen. Um, I think honestly, either He-Man or I'm going to say Mortal Kombat. I would love to do a Mortal oh, Kombat. Oh, there we go. Book. I think that's yeah. the first time we've gotten a Mortal Kombat. Yeah. That's interesting. Is there a particular character that you're... Uh, that you're that you would focus on like a sub zero or Liu Kang or something like yeah. that. You know, it's not the obvious pick. Um I would do I, I really want to do a background story with Shao Kahn. Uh because he's so his backstory like it doesn't change a lot uh, mm-hmm. in between each game. Uh but it's never really explored. It's you know, huh. he was the Dragon King Onaga's aide 
and some you know books and games he's of the same race of elder gods as you know Raiden. Uh, I would just love to do like a backstory that kind of explores that concept of him and his cool. kind of rise to power because it's not been explored. So, oh, that's interesting. And then if you uh, if you were doing He Man, who would you would you focus on like? Cringer and He Man, or would it be like Fisto? Yeah, no, man. Fisto yeah. the special, yeah, the fisting episode. Fisto is where it's at. Uh, I think a lot of the backgrounds for uh, the He Man characters are really well done. Uh, big fan of Skeletor and mm-hmm. uh, Hordak, and all those. Yeah. I would do uh, Moss Man. Yeah, Moss Man is <laughs> great. I think Beats, Beats Man really. I think is a very misunderstood character. Yeah. Because uh, he doesn't he doesn't want to be evil. He's just kind of like roped in with him and of yeah. his appearance and everything else. So I think that would be a really cool piece to do, just focused on Beast Man. The, can I get, the lesser can I get, known characters. Can I give you my my He Man pitch? Yeah, absolutely. Send it. Okay. A, a good friend a, a guy I came up through the Cuber school with, he was obsessed with He Man, right? And we would always have this like See, you know, he was like a traditionalist, like these are the characters, he man's the best, like Prince Adam's my guy, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And, and I would always be like, whatever. Just most sometimes it'd just be to mess with them, but like the more I thought about it, I was like, yeah, no, there's I'm right. And and this is my theory is that what's his name? Fucking Battle Cat. Yeah. Could kill everyone. He's the most powerful. It's a fucking tiger. Just him by himself. Then you give him like the powers of the universe. You're like, dead. He's yeah. gonna kill everyone. He just—it's like okay, we're on the battlefield, and he'd be like, you know what? I'm so sick of year of like letting this guy ride me year after year of battling the skeleton dude. What if he just was like, that's it, and just just kills everyone? You're, I, I a couple years ago, I got to be face to face with the Siberian tiger, where you're just separated by that. steel bars. Yeah. They're so big. They're so oh, huge. Yeah. And these were like old ones. And they were still, I, I was, you know, I'm 5'11 on a good day. So it really is 5'8, but continue. Yeah, yeah. Depends yeah, on yeah. It's yeah. right. Ho- it's he's he's t- a Hollywood 5'11. The- <laughs> no, Hollywood 6'1 all the way, baby. Uh, <laughs> but uh, your eye level with these tigers, like, and they're just standing there looking at you in the eyes. And I just, the whole time I'm going like, Dude, Cringer would kill everyone, man, if he wanted <laughs> yeah, he's to. Mad. Yeah, yeah. And then you give him the powers of the universe. Dude, game over. So that would be my picture, He Man, is like Battle Cat's just like woke up bad. He's having a bad day and he just decides to kill everyone. Maybe he starts off as he's playing with them like a cat would. And then he just kind of like gets that bloodlust and just total domination or it's just like they're fighting and then he just kills Skeletor and he man's like, what the f- dude relax. And then there's your fight right there. Ooh, like maybe, Have maybe you- yeah, he gets, he kills Skeletor and then he gets a taste for blood and that's all he wants. Now turns evil, kind of turns evil. And then him and Panthro, is it Panthro? He man. Yeah. Or, uh, Panthro. Skele- yeah, yeah. And Panthro. they just like team up. Or I feel like, like master at arms would hold out the longest. Probably. And Maybe. Duncan's pretty. Uh, have you read the the recent He Man Masters of the Universe run where no. Orko just gets fed up uh, with getting picked on and turns evil? 
it's a similar concept to what you just described. But it's I like that. Orko just gets tired of being picked on. Because if Orko was motivated, he could destroy most of those characters. Like, he's a pretty powerful dude. He's just kind of a bumbling goof because he doesn't take things seriously. God damn it. God damn. I'm, watching, I'm, watching he, I'm watching the new He-Man as soon as we get off this call. The whole time you're just going to be thinking, Binge it. This, just, this tiger could just fuck everyone well, up. I mean, that's what <laughs> I always think, you know? Well, is it like the whole thing is because he's, yeah, Cringer is a coward, right? He, he's a and what? Then, oh, Cringer. Coward? Yeah, he's, yeah. A, he's a cowardly cat. And then whenever he gets the, he only gets the power because He-Man shares it with him. Yeah, but still, he's still a fucking tiger. <laughs> like, he, even if he's afraid, you know, he's still yeah. a tiger. I don't know. It's just, that's the thing. It's always like, dude, now he's got powers of the universe and he's the size of a Clydesdale. Like, that's so terrifying. <laughs> that's so scary. Mm-hmm. <laughs> A two thousand pound tiger just ripping through, like everyone. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh man, I, I'd read that. Yeah, hundred percent. That's my pitch. Uh, I always have these pitches for characters like Batman and other characters that Bry's like, no man, like no one's ever going to publish that because you're literally killing off the characters that the the entire franchise is named after. <laughs> you know, like I like it though. I'll, that one, that one, I support. You know, you support that battle cat just kills yeah, yeah, everyone. Yeah. Anything It'd where tigers are, we just call it a Halloween special. Yeah, and you know, it's just, al- oh alternate universe. Yeah. Oh yeah, hundred yeah. percent. Yeah, it's an Elseworlds tale. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, yeah. maybe. Yeah, come on. Who's doing? Who's got the rights to? Is it DC still? Dark Horse. Who's it? Dark Horse is publishing He Man comics right now. Oh yeah, yeah. But Dark you, Horse oh, hit, hit but, me up. Man. But here's the thing, and then you make it multiverse, and then that Battle Cat, after it conquers, it ends up in another universe with He Man, and so now they all got to team up to go against them. What is what is this? Sound? Oh yeah, so like MCU style multiverse. Right? Multiverse, baby. Let's go. You it's know like I a multiverse him. where Skeletor is the good guy. <laughs> he never got turned into Skeletor. He just stayed it's like Keldor. Keldor. Yeah. Oh my god, that would actually be really interesting. It turns out he's like a great ruler, great like great king. You know, like he's empathetic. He doesn't segregate Beast Man off into the woods. He actually, treats him with respect. Ah! Oh. Dude, it's, it's just a matter. It's a matter of perspective here. Beast Man is actually like, dude. I think we got like a like a civil rights book here, man. Like, <laughs> here we go. Here we go. And this is how comics come together. Yeah, I mean, this is also how you never get employed ever. Yeah, uh, yeah, but- that too. But. <laughs> Well, you know, Tiger Cubs, if you're if you're listening, right into Dark Horse, let them know. <laughs> let them know that you want this story, and there's only one man who can deliver it: comic right. book superstar. Yeah. <laughs> 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 oh, I should have seen that. Like yeah. I, I should have seen that one coming. Yeah. Uh, all it's right, going to be on a T-shirt. It will be available soon. Yeah, can you make Great. that a stretch goal? A T-shirt of comic book superstar tackle? Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. With it's got to have my face on it though. Like we can, uh, we can one hundred percent throw some uh, Blue Tiger Revenge merch in there. Okay, there yeah, let's do it. I'd be down for that. Yeah, that'd be neat, man. Um, all right. Well, we're starting to wind down. Yep. We've been, uh, you know, it's a work night for everybody, so we want to, you know, keep it tidy here. Yeah. Uh, 
let's go into what's everybody reading. Okay. I want to know. It's been a while since we've done this one. It's been a couple of weeks. I don't think we've done what's everybody reading for a couple of weeks here. <laughs> no, no, yeah. we haven't. Yeah, literacy. It's uh, an important aspect of uh, life. Uh, so, Luda, you're our esteemed guest for today. What uh, what's on the old nightstand? What are you reading to to wind uh, down? Um, currently, uh, I have three. Books. Uh, I am reading. Uh, first and foremost, and, and you guys brought it up, but uh, Godzilla versus Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Okay. Oh. I'm a sucker for the classics. Yeah. Uh, if you throw Godzilla in anything, I'm probably going to. Um, other than that, uh, Scott Snyder, I'm, I'm going back into this, uh, this research phase that I was talking about earlier where I just consume, uh, try to learn as much as I can. Uh, I picked up uh, American Vampire by Scott Snyder. Oh, yeah. Oh. How do you like that? I, I went to school with a guy who was obsessed with that. He thought it was like the best. It's, it's it's hard to put down to be honest with you really okay uh, and then um doing a lot of like noir uh research for my new book that's coming out um so i'm reading x-men noir by uh van lint and calero nice cool what wait a sec what's this new book that's coming out oh so i think we talked about it last show actually um it is a noir retelling of public domain characters. Oh, that's right. That's yeah, right. Yeah, we yeah. did discuss yeah. that briefly, briefly. We touched on it. Um, okay. Are you, so are you guys currently in production on that then? We are. Yes. Wow. Yep. Scripts, uh, scripts almost done. We've hired an artist uh, and it's come along pretty nicely. Awesome. Uh, any, can you give us any hints at some of these public domain characters you might be tapping into? Ooh, uh, we'll give it all away. Um, <laughs> Six Gun Cap- Gorilla. Yeah, Captain Hook. Okay. Uh, Peter Pan. Yes, yeah, so Captain Hook, Peter Pan. Uh, the Three Musketeers, uh, Zorro, and a very dark, uh, unique take on The Little Mermaid and Christopher Robbins uh, from oh. Winnie the Pooh. Cool. Yeah. Oh, cool! Yeah, oh, man, very that sounds great. Very dark take on it. Yeah, uh, it's it's great. Um, the the script treatment is, I think I've read it maybe a hundred times. It's just it's amazing. It's great. Um, are you I'm writing? Working. Are you writing that, or are you just no, 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 no? I I'm just publishing and editing uh, on that okay. one. And then I currently have another series coming out that's very. Uh, process for it, I, I guess. Did you guys ever watch Thunder the Barbarian? Yeah. Yeah. No. The, okay. the, old, the old cartoon? Yeah, like the Hanna-Barbera. Yeah, yeah, and it had like, um, oh, he had like the beast, there was like a beast man and stuff, right? Yeah, like a weird lion Chewbacca. Character. Yeah, and then they like had the like flying dragons that shot like lasers out of their like horns and shit. Yeah. Such a so, strange, <laughs> strange concept. What, what's it called? Yeah. Thundar the Barbarian? I don't think I did. Man, it was an awesome cartoon. They had reruns um, of it on like... Um, okay. Uh, I, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uber that looks something. very familiar. I've probably seen an episode or two, but I don't think I ever like followed it. I have a very like Thundar the Barbarian 
dated apocalyptic type of uh, book series coming out, which is, I think it's going to blow a lot of people away. Sweet. Didn't Thunder of the Barbarian was didn't it actually take place like in a post apocalyptic like the it, like it did. future? Yeah. It always seemed like when you watch it, it looked like it was I think it was just because of the production. It seemed like it was like a weird take, like Elseworld caveman stuff. But they would yeah, it was one of those it was like in the year three thousand or something like that. Yeah, and there's like it's it was one of the first uh of uh I forgot what the animation style was, but it was it led the way in that animation style. You see the background, like you know, busted, broken Statue of Liberty, and uh, yeah. you know the Eiffel Tower and everything. Like little little drops of, hey, this is you know Earth so far in the future. Wow! Uh, so and, kinda, and you're you're writing this? Yeah, uh, yeah, I am. So I took, I kind of took that concept and ran with it. I'm like, what would our current earth like you know 2000 years in the future wow. uh, and i ran with it who's and uh I, who's your artist on it I'm just curious so artist uh hasn't been named yet ken Kreckler is helping me write it okay with me on double cross uh and almost all the other books he's actually helping me put together uh, this anthology and getting it ready for print uh do me a huge favor on that uh, phenomenal guy uh absolutely amazing artist even better writer uh, cool. who knew right yeah I, I started working with him as an artist and he was like hey i i also write i i write stuff i was like yeah man have a crack at it and the script blew me away and uh yeah hopefully i can, I can get him on blue tiger at some point sure oh uh, of course as a riot he's absolutely one of the funniest people i know i mean dude we have to talk more thundar the barbarian i mean uh, like, definitely yeah, Bry's all like, "I gotta I watch this cartoon." So look at him! Look at him! He's like, he's like, "Oh man, he's not gonna sleep for days." Yeah, that's true. Yeah. What what else is new? <laughs> the night terrors keep him away. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Um. No, that's great, man. Uh, I every time you come on here, you always like dangle like some uh, mm-hmm. more independent cookies. You know, like, ooh, I got I got this thing coming and this thing coming. And I don't know. It's always, uh, it's inspiring. It's inspiring to see, you know, because. Yeah, it's, it's hard when Brian gets what I'm working on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Listen, I, hey, I, you know, it'd be really cool if you did this. Like, no, that's. That was... Yeah. You know what we call that? We call that low-level psychic. Yep. Brian. Yeah. yeah. Low-level psychic. That's what it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. That's it. That's, that's how it, it goes, man. Okay, uh, so all right, so you read, you're reading, uh, but you just read a bunch of noir stuff. Um, anything else before we got sidetracked there? Oh, so so don't do this at home, kids. Uh, I don't know, I'm, I've got a little bit of everything. I've been on a kick. Um, with a lot of like the DC versus vampire stuff. Oh um, yeah. You know the uh, the DC undead thing. I just I love what DC's doing with their whole zombie, uh, you know, magic stuff right now. Uh, some of their Elseworld Elseworld stories, uh, Dark Knights Steel, stuff like that. You know what? I I read. I'm almost all the way through Dark Knights of Steel. I read the first issue. And I was like, meh, didn't really love it. But then I like it was on the app. 
And so I read it. I, I just kept reading and I'm like, this is actually pretty fucking cool. Uh, I really, yeah. I really ended up digging it. And then, yeah. For read a like off the wall stuff, you know, uh, I've got Highlander, uh, oh, some wh- there's Highlander comics. Oh yeah. Highlander. Yeah. Get the fuck you, out of here. You know they're bringing the Highlander back. I, I yeah, did Henry know that. Cavill, Henry man. Cavill, man. Henry Cavill. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's he came out recently. He was like, "Yeah, I'm about to start sword training, so I'm I'm pretty stoked." Wow. From the director yeah, it, of John Wick, man. Come on. Like Absolutely. Yeah, and if, you know, if if it's a crossover comic, I'm reading it. I've got uh Power Rangers versus Ninja Turtles uh 1 and 2 oh. on the shelf as well. And then, you know, some other like small independent stuff that I pick up from Comic Cons, uh, support uh, independent artist. Yeah, um, I got Gabe Chang, uh, his new book in the mail. Uh, he just did the Requiem and Welky for Warden Comics. Yeah, so I've got. Uh, he sent me one of his graphic novels that he did that I'll be diving into in the next day or two as well. I am like cool. really excited to get Requiem and Relk, man. I I'm really excited to to get it. Yeah, out. man. I, I hope it shows up this week. Amazing. I hope it shows up this week in my mailbox. So uh, I'll be reviewing. I'm going to review it on the show. So I'm excited. No, absolutely. I mean, and that, what, a, what a wonderful team to work with as well. Yeah. I mean, Colleen, Colleen Palmer is, yeah, she doesn't get enough praise. We're, we're big fans. We're big fans of Colleen. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. That's and, one thing I, I'll say, man, you put together some teams of not only like just fun creators, but mm-hmm. like, really nice people mm-hmm. i'm always just amazed at how nice they are just because like i don't i don't know what it is maybe it's like if, i think on their own most people in the comic industry are pretty nice folks but then once you start like getting into the inner workings of like working it's just like you know you see all sides of people sometimes and I, you know, I just, I'm always just amazed at like, whenever we, uh, talk to your teams, man, they're always just, they're just the kindest, just super warm people. Uh, I don't know. I, I just, I find it, it's one, it's just really cool to see, you know, like, yeah. it's just really cool to see. You want to work with people like that. You know what I mean? That are just, they're all about the, the art itself. Yeah. I've I've been really lucky to meet some great people in the industry and yeah. Yeah, I mean, for anyone out there listening, just go to a comic con and talk to people. Just walk up and down the artist alley and just let people tell you their stories. I mean, they're, they're so nice, and uh, yeah, they just want to get their art out there. They just want to pursue that dream. So, yeah, and uh, yeah, I've had I've had a lot of fun helping them do that, and I've made some great friends along the way. So, yeah, man, yeah, right on. Same here, Bry. What did you read? <laughs> Uh, you're going to be disappointed in me, man. I haven't read anything because of, you know, my DC trip been so busy. Just, just partying in DC, yeah. rubbing elbows yeah. with all them bureaucrats. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. I, I did. Uh, so I did on my, on the plane ride home. Um, I did watch, I, I revisited a show, but it's not <laughs> That doesn't count as re- no. It doesn't. It doesn't count. I revisited uh, Darede- the Netflix Daredevil show on my flight. Um, Hold up. Oh yeah, it's still great. Still really good. Uh, okay. Still the best show that Marvel has done. Period. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, I haven't. I, I've got a stack that I need to read. So 
I yeah, know. I, I hate how they're just peppering him in. Like, just bring him. Just He's him back. back. Yeah, yeah, they're 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 filming it right now. Yeah. yeah, I mean, he was he was in Echo and was he in She Hulk uh, the, too in an episode he was or in two? She Hulk. Yeah, yeah, but I didn't. I mean, I didn't watch either. So, but, so for but, yeah. for the show, they fired the showrunner and all of the writers, and then they brought in a new person and new writers. And they're basically like, they brought back all of the cast from the Netflix show. Um, they brought back Bernthal is coming back as Punisher, uh, D'Onofrio wow. back as Kingpin. So they're doing the, they're doing the storyline where, uh, Kingpin becomes mayor and bans vigilantes in, uh, in New York. Which okay. I, that sounds fun, which I think will be I'd cool. Amazing. Yeah. So, I've been watching that, but I have not. I have not read this week. So, Tad, what have you read? What What is a oh, What does a superstar is, read in his well, free time? What does a superstar read? That's what we. Well, that's, that's what the Tiger Cubs want to know. Okay, we'll get ready to be enlightened, boys uh, and, and girls and people. I was, of all I was referring to you guys. I know oh, the okay. Tiger Cubs are enlightened. Okay. I know that they are. They've been t- They've been drinking that Tiger milk. That's true. So Years I went. Now. I went a little highbrow, and um. You know, I'm a big fan of of uh, of the Italian artist Sergio Tupi. Yeah. My opinion, he he is right up there with. Um, well, and if anyone disagrees with me, I'm just gonna say it, they're wrong. But he's up there with like the likes of Mobius and Joe Kubert. Uh, like he is, uh, you know, Toth. He he is one of the the fathers of awesomeness to come out of uh, comic books. Um, anyways, so um, I forget the name of this. I think it's Magnetic Press. Mm-hmm. Every couple months, they put out like one of the collected works of Sergio Topi. You've got all of them, oh, right? Nice. Yeah, I have all of them. This one literally just dropped like a week ago. Um, like when I bought it, like they were, it wasn't even loaded up on Amazon yet. I just happened to see it like coming to comic shops. I ran over to the comic shop and picked it up. And um, so I think it's volume 10. And this is really interesting because most of the stuff he's done in the past has been like, it's uh, like historically dated stuff, right? So, or it'll be like Arabian Nights. It's all stuff that takes place like, you know, World War One or Paleolithic time or, you know, Shackleton's Explorer. Anyways, this is the, the first one that I've gotten where it's futurism. So it's like this kind of like interesting take on, um, I guess, you know, it was just like uh, sci-fi stories. And Sergio Tubby doesn't do a ton of sci-fi stuff. And if you're familiar with the way he approaches the artwork, it's very organic. And so he took a very organic approach to the futurism that he's expressing. And he gets into all kinds of stuff. It's interesting because these stories are from the 70s, right? But he's exploring like avenues of like ai mm-hmm. and um you know and then like are like you know like today there was announced the the whole neural link you know the first patient to ever have a neural link uh yep. i guess the, mm-hmm. the was there's a whole story in here that's about that it's about that entire concept and it, it was just interesting because i think we forget like when if if you don't read a lot of the stuff from the past you forget that a lot of these things that we're seeing kind of come to fruition nowadays or even discussed, these were all ideas that were being talked about as far back as like the twenties. You know what I mean? And it's just, it's really fascinating to see somebody's someone like Topi who has this very different uh, approach to sequential storytelling, mm-hmm. um, tackling the, the kind of 
concepts that are actually coming to fruition in like the the cultural zeitgeist right now you know it i don't know um i I would highly recommend that if you want to see like not only like vonnegut style writing where it's very voice entrenched um but also like an art an approach to like the narrative and page flow that's completely different any- than anything you see in comics right now, especially outside of like your big five comics. Get Topi. Like it, it, his st- his books are just. It's I don't go out of my way to get a lot of uh, collections, mm-hmm. but anytime a new book of his is translated and actually is you know, released here in the States, I pick it up immediately. And I find that he's one of the few comic artists where I can take his stuff and give it to anybody who doesn't read comics. Like I can give it to my father-in-law who's not a comic book fan. Yeah, He doesn't really care about that stuff, but he looks forward to when I bring these because he, you know, he's like, man, these stories are great because they're just interesting. They're, they're very quirky. They, some of them are sad. Some of them are funny. Yeah. Um, yeah, they're all they're all up and down, but they always have some kind of like moral statement about what it means to like live and exist in our world and like you know what are the ramifications of that? It, it's it's really interesting. Um but yeah, so uh yeah, volume 10 per, it's called Future Perfect. Uh it's part of the Collected Topi series if you can get your hands on it. Um, any of them really like, uh, yeah. like Brian, you're really into like samurai stuff lately. Yeah. Uh, I think it's like volume, uh, volume six. It's just called Japan. It's all samurai stories that, cool. you know, very, yeah. Like it's, it, it's really, it's really great. And like, again, like his art style is so unique in comparison to anyone else working in the industry um, ever, but mm-hmm. like, very much like Mobius, just a complete unique voice. Um, I don't know. I, yeah, I, maybe I'm getting a little zealous by calling him the, the Vonnegut-esque, uh, but I feel like he is. I think he's Vonnegut-esque in terms of uh, uh, comic storytelling. You know, but all right, that's I like all I it. got. I like it. That's all. I got. <laughs> and uh, I like. You know what else I like? I like. Uh, it's about time for me to take us home. All right. Do all, it. all right, Tiger Cubs. Uh, if you're still tuning into us and you want to continue. To tune in to us, all you need to do is go to bluetigerrevenge.substack.com. That's the home of revenge. It's the home of tiger milk. We serve it hot, fresh, and frothy there. Uh, go there. Uh, you find backlogs of all of our episodes, all of our pages of Operation Blue. Um, you can subscribe for free, so you don't have to do any of the work. We do all the work for you. Every time we drop a new episode, you get a new. E- you get an email uh, that tells you that it's out. You can download it. You can listen to it all right there for free. It's always going to be free. Um, so subscribe, share, find us on Instagram um, at Blue Tiger Revenge. We're there too. Um, and then uh, if you want good stories, if you're looking for something cool, something unique that you haven't uh, haven't really found yet, go over to uh, Patreon, look up Nar Pig, and. Uh, you know, give a little it's five five dollars a month and you can uh you can get access to Tad's uh Tad's Patreon. <laughs> Look at him. Uh Tad's Patreon. Uh we're Superstar Patreon. Superstar Patreon. Yes. Listen, nowhere else in the world are you gonna get superstar level content for five dollars a month, uh where he's right. releasing pages every week of his new graphic novel Taiga. Um go there, subscribe, listen. You can make coffee at home one day a month. And then the rest of the time, you can buy your, 
you know, buy your Starbucks or whatever, wherever you feel like getting your coffee. Um, but go there, support it. And then last but not least, uh, Ludi, thanks for coming on, man. Let, let the Tiger Cubs know about the Kickstarter you got going right now. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for, thanks for having me. Sorry, I couldn't find the unmute button. Uh, it is, it's hard sometimes. Uh, uh, no. So, uh, the O-Anthology, Word Comics. It's our 2024 Octopus-inspired comic anthology. Uh, it's tentacle-filled you know, stories never before seen on the page by uh, unique independent uh, comic creators. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's over 100 pages of Octopus-inspired adventures. It's on Kickstarter right now. You can check us out over on wardencomics.com uh, and go over to the Kickstarter. Uh, you can find us on YouTube, Instagram, uh, anywhere that social media is their help, mm-hmm. we're there. Awesome, Come check and, us out, and you'll see links in the notes to to everything there. So uh, it's all there, right there for you. Go back it, back an awesome, uh, awesome creator, awesome publisher, um, and and enjoy these cool stories that uh, you know there 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 might be a superstar in there. So uh, that That's right is all I have, Tad. Do you have anything else? One more in. You know, you kind of took the uh, superstardom right out of my uh, my sales there. You're welcome. You, pl- you plug Tyga. So I got to say thank you. But yeah, Tyga, uh, check it out. Narpig. Patreon. Link in the notes. Uh, that's all I got. I am all out of Tiger Milk. Brian. All right. If that's the case. What time is it? Get the music. <laughs> <laughs>